You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you for our second part of our Australian Survivor Rankings Cast, Part Two, where we bring you the rankings from 36 down to number one. You heard from 76 to 37 last week. You're going to hear from 36 to number one right now and things are going to get interesting we're really getting to the nitty-gritty of this episode and there's definitely going to be some talked about contestants coming up very very soon so without further ado i'm going to shut up and i'm going to hand over to myself as it's cable and i as i will speak properly rank survivor contestants from australian survivor from 36 down to number one Alrighty, 36 hmm do i be controversial here again Oh, why stop now? No, I'm going to give him a pass. I'll come back to him. Uh, let's bring some up we just mentioned. Because oh, I'm just looking at my list and going, why have I got her that position? Although I do like her game, though. I feel she's underrated. Well, this is where it's difficult, though. We're really at this position now where kind of we've got a lot of people here that I feel you and I are going to be swayed either way and we're going to have our opinions. It's, and this is where a lot of people are going to be talking about things and where we've got them and everything. Um, let's put up Kylie. Kylie Evans. Um, I, yeah, look, I like Kylie. I think she played a solid game. Again, she's in that, uh, that sort of Sioux area where I feel she's slightly underrated. Um, the reason I'm going to put her up here now though, is because kind of the argument I'm going to make for a person around her position is going to be related a lot to the fact that she kind of was just on the one tribe the whole time and kind of was with a certain amount of people, but... I don't feel that if I'm going to put that as a detriment to one person, this per- Kylie went a fair bit before this person. And, yeah, I think Kylie's edit, too, was slightly poor. I think that she tried, like, she had the idol, obviously, and obviously saved herself. Um, so there was that to play against, to play for her, I should say, as well. And I think she had solid strategy enough that kind of, you know, when it came down to it, she, um, she was able to, you know, really move around. And when I say save herself, she didn't save herself. She just played an idol. Good job, Ben. Um, yeah, uh, look, I, there's not a whole lot really more I can add on Kylie. I'm kind of apparently going cloudy on her game here a lot when it comes to it. But I, I feel that she's, you know, she's a middle player. <clears throat> she she uh, sort of, you notice her a lot more on the rewatch. Um, but again, going on the edit side of things, she kind of was, you know, not there in certain aspects of this game. So I'm going to put up Kylie at 36. Uh, I'm not going to veto that. I... As part of me would like to have her a bit higher, but again, it's got, I've got to try and step away from. I've met Kylie and her husband, um, and Kylie is a legend person, like a real good, great person. Um, and what she does for the community, you know, being a firefighter and all that sort of stuff is fantastic. And what she, what she does for her kids and all that sort of stuff, and the other bits and pieces she's gone through in her life, I think. She again, she's a an amazing person, but um, I'm, yeah, it's getting harder to you know we've got to pick some other players, and I think Kylie, yeah, you're right. I mean, benefit of she was in a, a good tribe, like, but again, like we say, like she contributed to the success of that tribe. But I don't, I never felt like she was really tight with anyone 
in the majority ever, really. Like, I always feel like, like you said, the edit maybe made her look like she was always on the outside, whether that was true or not. Um, well, I think since the Bianca vote, she kind of really did sort of fall by the... And yeah. if, you can, if you kind of analyse that, like, after Bianca, Peter quit, and then Sanapu, what, they went to tribal, Tegan goes, and then after Tegan, uh, they didn't go to tribal at all. So... Because I, the- I had the super tribe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and there's that. I mean, you could all you can sort of almost argue like she's almost like the anti version of Cat in that she just was on the good tribe and sort of maybe in the not part of that core alliance, whereas Cat was always in a similar position, but just on a tribe that was constantly going to tribal council. So and strong physically. Um, uh, props to Kyla for being. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. She win yeah, one I or mean, two immunities. How many immunities did she win? She won a couple. Yeah, at least one. <laughs> And she was definitely um, the part of that M word that we don't really want to say. That I think um, her, I don't think she's got a deceptive bone in her body either. So I, th- I felt like you know that's another she thing. She was on that, that cast, probably- but it was yeah. kind of like what we were talking before yeah. about. Um, uh, uh, I'm blanking the name now. Sophie on season one that she was there, but she was just kind of on the the, the outs of the main group, but still there. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Uh, if you're happy with Kylie, bye bye Kylie. And I, I will say, great interview. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed having her on the show. Um, so yeah, and um, hello Kylie, if you're listening. Over to you. Wow, thirty, thirty, thirty-five, thirty-five. Yes. yes. <sighs> I'm just having a good look at my seasons, 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 and I'm just trying to work out these last couple. Uh, like I said, like there's always that little bunch that I'm looking at and I'm like, oh, um, so we've got a lot of season four. Well, season three oh, stats, right. I'll just quickly, while you're looking at those, I should have mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, go, go, um, go Just before we put up uh, Kylie there, we actually had 20 females, 20 males again. So it's been very even spread there. Uh, and in terms of... Um, People. And that was com- that's completely unintentional. That's no, exactly. Just, that's just kind yeah. of it's a sol- and it's a solid thing I think about Australian Survivor. I will say players. I won't go on players who have been. Like, I'll go with pl- remaining players from seasons. So from season one, we've got four people left. Season two, we've got four people left. Season three, uh, we've now got thirteen people left. Obviously, we would have had fourteen before we put up Kylie. And uh, from season four, fourteen people left. So uh, obviously, that comes down to a lot of the fact that there's a lot more people in season three and four than season one and two. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to put this person up. Um, I kind of don't want to. Again, it's another person I sort of kind of met. I didn't meet in person, but I had a conversation with outside the game, and um, I've got their book, and it's a fantastic book. Um, they have a survival story pre-playing Survivor um, that's very sort of inspirational, Um and maybe heavily why that was contributed to them being cast, but then maybe knowledge of the game and their uh, a strategy around maybe using a moral compass, not you know having a you know set a certain way, didn't really allow them to be as deceptive as they probably need to be in this sort of game. So I'm going to put up Kate Campbell, season three. She was my winner's pick. For season three, um, yep. I love Kate. I think she's an underrated player, but I'm looking at my list. This is 35. I had her at 36 on my list. So, 
Um, I'm not going to veto it. I think kind of the props that came, this kind of goes back to my Nick argument is that kind of when she's yep. trying to save herself, she's trying to target Nick. She's like, hey, everyone, you all hate him, so why not go after him? Um, yep. So she's trying to exploit weaknesses. She was very strong physically, obviously, um, and kind of her and Connor sort of worked closely, but she, she, I think people perceived her easily saw the threat base with Kate. Um, yeah. which I think, and this is not just trying to me being biased, the fact that she was my winner's pick. Um, but I, I definitely think that people saw that threat. Um, did oh, she, uh, she uh, didn't win a immunity. Sorry. I've got to correct myself here. I know this game. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think, I think this is a solid spot for her. She's past the halfway point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, this and is I, a very I good agree. Spot when, when I think her story alone just, yeah. um, would have been a massive threat for anyone out there. And they probably, if she was a bit smarter and or in in the right numbers, then I think she's the kind of person that would have been a, a, a fourth boot mm-hmm. um, if she was that sort of in a strong position. But, um, yeah, she's definitely... I think the edit showed her, showed her to be someone that kind of knew the game but not really and... Yeah. And again, was but she adapted. Do... I think she's one of these ones. If she didn't know it, she adapted. Yeah, she, yeah, know. yeah. True, but again, I think it was another one that sort of fell into that trap of the M word and 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 trying to do what was the right thing and and take the good people along, not the the so called villains. And um, yeah, I think maybe just that lack of. I know, I know you're saying you know there was this, that adaptation that she had, but uh, maybe having that lack of a bit more survival knowledge of how to play the game that probably hurt her chances as well. Alrighty. 34. Shall I do this? Shall I be controversial again? (laughs) Um, Um, I'm looking at my list, right? And I kind of think I know where you're going to go. And I reckon that's really risky, but that's up to you. Well, look, at the end of the day, if, if this person wants to get vetoed right now, vetoed, um, again, it wouldn't surprise V2D2'd. me. V2D2'd. <laughs> V2D2'd. There we go. That's our new saying. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, because, I mean, I guess I expected Nick to get vetoed, to be honest with you, but... Um, and I'll be absolutely honest with you, if I decide to put this person up, I was going to go... I was going to put them up where I put Kylie. So, um, I've already given them two spots higher than I initially was, and actually on my list here, if I look at it, I'm being honest, I put them at 38. This is 34. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, I'm doing it. And he's going to be listening and he's going to get angry at me because he's already tweeted at me and gotten angry with me when I was re-watching his season. I'm putting up Matt, Matt Tarrant. Um, wow. Okay, let bear with me here. Did Ben just drop a bomb like... <laughs> <laughs> Bomb. Bear with me here for Matt. And again, look, I, I'm, I'm weirdly fine if you veto this. Like, So just let me put it out there. I'm not going to look weirdly fine. But let me just put my argument up here for, for Matt. First of all, Matt, you're really angry at me right now. You're already typing to me. Um, you made the top half. Let's just put it that way. I, I just, I cannot get over a tribe who has a person on it that wants to quit the game that keeps them in the game because, oh, we've got a bigger threat. Now, Matt kind of tweeted that to me and tried to defend it to me. But, like, logically, on paper, this is the second vote of the game. You have a person who does not want to be there, and yet you're still focused on the end game by getting someone who's a bigger threat. Like, if you let someone... If you vote the person out who wants to quit, 
you got the weak link out of the tribe. They're mentally not in the game. And no disrespect to Peter, he was an older gentleman who's not really going to help you physically. Bianca's going to help you physically. You might not necessarily lose another challenge. And let's be honest, I mean, Sanapu did not lose another challenge except for Peter and then the Tegan one. And then they became the super tribe when things swapped. So it obviously went on to benefit Matt. And I'll get to that in a second. I just, I just, I think that's inexcusable that you vote someone out who's a threat over someone who wants to quit in the second vote of the game. I just think it's dumb. Uh, and I stand by that oh, fact. I don't disagree with that, but that's how you and me might play. But yeah, no, I agree. Not, that's 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 a, that's everyone, a me but, thing. That's a me. But you thing. can't just hold that. You, but you can't just hold that against. It's him. not just this Matt. No, 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 no. I know that. Uh, but yeah, hang on. Like, there's there's more to Matt than this. Oh, okay, this okay, is, okay, okay. This is why, like, I've got him sort of in the lowest of the Sinapu group. I then think kind of if you look at Matt, like straight away from that move on, that he was always perceived as a threat. They were automatically always targeting him because they were thinking, well, he's too much of a strategist. So they basically were always going to target him. If they had a loss, I assume he's probably going to be one of the first people to be, you know, mentioned in that list. But then Sinapu benefited from having such a strong thing. And again, I know I was the one who brought up the fact that we shouldn't hold that against him because clearly they're all contributing to the tribe. So, therefore, that's, you know, part of the game. And I think that Matt kind of still had the social skills where he was still involved in enough that he kind of was, you know, not hated or anything along those lines. But he was just kind of the quintessential middleman. He just kind of was there. He didn't really do much when it came to wanting to, you know, sing it. And if he did, and again, Matt, if you're listening, please know that I'm basing this on the edit. I'm not basing this on what you've told me or other people in shows. This is, again, what we're trying to, you know, put this in an argument. And there's Matt on your door right now trying to tell you off. Yeah, it's not. And me off. I'm going to go check. <laughs> Matt's heard. He's, he's like, the, jumped on the plane with Chester. He's here with Chester. Hang on. <laughs> I'm just going to let this run right now. Because it's just like Matt and Nick. Cable! I can hear our name being mentioned. <laughs> I think he's uh, getting a delivery right now. Um, this is the, uh, that's the letter bomb. Uh, from Matt that they've been sent to the wrong house <laughs> rather than my house. I don't actually know what's happening. He's answered the door while it sounded and he's gone back to being quiet. <laughs> Everybody's like yelling at the speakers right now. Like, Ben, how dare you put up Matt right now? And Matt's already halfway through his essay to me why I'm an idiot and uh, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm just biding time here. It's all good. I can hear Cable moving. <laughs> um, yep. Let's see. Here he comes. I hear movement. He's about to sit down again. I want to say, here he is, Mr. Cable. Hello. Hello. Yes. Was Hello. it a letter bomb or are you okay? Or yeah, I'm okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Shaking on the. <laughs> Luckily, I've got a aggressive dog. <laughs> I don't even... I've got a fat old dog, so that's not going to help me. Um, it's all right, Matt. I'm about to move away from Tasmania. You have to try and find me. Um, but <laughs> so, anyway, so he's like the middle man. But then, obviously, um, when he got to the point where the M-word alliance sort of was, you know, having to turn on each other, he then kind of was straight away target numero uno. So then he obviously attempted to turn to Flick... Flick obviously turned on him, and then he tried to get Flick again to go against Christie, but then obviously against Ellen Lee, didn't work. Uh, and then Sam ultimately, uh, you know, went, 
and then therefore Matt was gone. I just, I just, there's not enough in Matt's game for me to ultimately defend it past that. Again, Matt, I don't dislike you. I enjoyed you. You were one of my favorites on the show. I, I really, I think, put you very high on my pregame rankings. You were entertaining. I'd love to see you play again. I think you definitely have potential. And that's kind of going back to Nick too. I think there's the potential there, which on a second time, time around, you can iron out the kinks and prove me wrong and call me a dickhead. And that's completely fine by me. Um, I, I could easily put somebody from season four below you. And I kind of feel that if you veto Matt, I will put this next person up. And again, that's not me threatening <laughs> you, but I just, I'm, I'm looking at my list thinking what I'm trying to argue. Oh, here. Jesus. But I just, I just can't see enough of Matt game. Like this is the thing too, based on the edit, that second half of the game with Matt, he's just there. He's just chilling. He's just phoning it in. And a lot of these like kind of things around the place and, Again, not necessarily his fault and what he's getting shown, but again, I'm basing what I'm saying. So anyway, I'm rambling. That's my Matt argument. You can veto it. That's fine by me. Oh, Do what you want. Jesus. He's yelling me. He hates my guts. Um, Where's Col- I need Colin or Noah to help me veto. Oh, Colin Jeez. doesn't have a clue who Matt is. <laughs> I know, but I just, I, I, I know I definitely want to veto this. But I just, we I are know also this. at thirty-four. Can I just point out we are? Yeah, but. It, but well, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean where you finished in a season. But he's finished fifth in the first season back of a reboot, and we've got—I don't know. I just think there's still a couple of names. Well, I think know it. You, 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 I was going to say you mentioned Sam. Like, how can Sam be in front of Matt? Because I think <laughs> Sam had more of a social game and was Lee's. Similar to my Lance argument, he was Lee's right hand man, and they just kind of turned against him. It, it, this is something I don't, I didn't like, but this is one thing I would say for Matt. Matt convinced the whole fucking tribe to not kill the chickens to eat to keep them as pets. Who does that? Who but can that's get dumb? That? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But it's dumb. But do you know what though? He convinced them. He sold them on the idea that it was better to keep them as pets and oh, not be cool. People actually agreed with okay, him. Okay, okay. Can I just he backtrack? Turned, oh, look, I would agree. Apart from Nick, what? Well, how look, do you do that? I look. I I can't. I okay. I shouldn't. I I. In my opinion. I think it's a dumb move. But uh, you're right. How do you like? One of my staunchest arguments for Colton as a player on One World is that he legitimately convinced a whole tribe to give up immunity to go to tribal, which on paper is dumb. But I mean, yeah. how? No, no, no. Who does that? No, no. So like, yeah, you're and, right. You're no, absolutely this right. This is the thing. I, I I agree. It's dumb. Like, if I was on that season, do you know what I would have done to be the ultimate villain of all time? I would have, when everyone was asleep, go and snap Chester's neck and <laughs> eat it for myself. But I did. I wasn't there. But the thing was, it seemed so dumb. But what he did, he convinced and brainwashed a whole tribe to go. You know what? We don't need to eat the chickens. We'll just keep winning rewards and we'll share things or whatever. We, we we'll keep them as pets. They're nice. They they they. You know, I cannot believe everyone went along. Apart from Nick, Nick was not a fan of that idea, but just went along because he didn't want to get voted out. But everyone else jumped on board. And look again. And, I can't dis. I can't disagree with that point because you're right how can you get someone to do something but i think the difference is between say like what i just implied with colton i think matt legitimately believed he was right and i'm sorry man i think that's a pretty you're on a game called survivor you gotta fucking eat mate like uh <laughs> eat a chicken well they would probably thought there was gonna be more hungry jacks rewards i don't know <laughs> uh yeah look I, and this is the thing i think kind of with matt and like if you veto this the next person i'm gonna put up i have more of it <sighs> Of more of a negatives for their moves, which I think were just dumb. 
rather than like their positives. And I kind of this is though we're in that category where we're really into the players who are making moves and are trying. And I know earlier on we're defending, saying like, well, hey, like you know, Dez's thing was dumb, but at least he's <laughs> making moves. Like this is kind of the element though where we, I think we can be more critical of the dumb moves because these are the players mm. who are constantly making moves. Yeah, I don't again, know. if you beat this, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like. I've, I've said my thing. I might let it fly for a few rounds because, like, fair enough. I expected this. Well, to be what, what I will say, while well, trying to put into your I, again, look, I feel like we 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 say the same thing all the time. Anyway, it's not nothing personal. Um, it's definitely nothing. And, personal. And we, I like man. we we read we read the games a bit differently. Like I said, I didn't do a full rewatch of season three, like you by the sounds of it did. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying about Matt, but I think a bit like what you're saying, it's like it's very hard to get a read on someone like Matt because they've been able to be comfortable because they've been, especially with that stupid twist where they were able to create a super tribe, he had confidence and faith in who he was aligned with that he didn't have to make moves. He didn't have to do too much. So how can we fault his game because he didn't do much? Because he didn't have necessarily at the time didn't have to. I agree with what you're saying. Towards the back end of the game, he had faith in certain people that weren't really going to take him or or misconstrued where his position was. So then he maybe should have done some moves earlier. I agree with you in that regard. But I mean, in the middle part of the game where we probably weren't seeing a lot of Matt, it's hard to fault him because why would he? Why did? Why would he shake? Shake the tree if he doesn't need to. Like, and I see that. Like, I, I agree. And as, as again, it's not that I, do, I I don't disagree with you. I just I guess this is kind of comes down to those one of the ones that we knew we were going to get to this pointy end where we're going to have more you know he say and they say about you know our defenses and our yeah. you know offenses of these players. So and again, as I keep saying, like if if you vetted this, I'm like I'm I'm, I'm weirdly fine with that. Like it's just it's okay. Uh, wow. We've got our personal lists here. And I mean, I yeah. had him personally on my list at thirty-eight, so I've let him go fourth or five. And, and, so. and I'm not look. I'm not letting things get personal because I think no. Matt Matt's not even a fan of me anyway. And <laughs> I don't think he's a fan of me after my tweets. No, probably not now. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. As long as I'm not going to go into the the whole the whole kit and caboodle, but I don't think Matt's even a fan of me anyway. Um, I'm a fan of you, and, and but I will. I kind of feel like I need to defend him a bit. But then having said that, bring your magic show to Melbourne for fuck's sakes. Um, <laughs> um, it just feels like it's very, it's very West, it's, it's very, uh, the Western side of Australia centric. I love, like, wow. I love that. I thought, look, it's nothing personal and I feel this and that, but bring your magic show to Melbourne for fuck's sake. <laughs> and go for a better uh, football team. Right, Port Adelaide, get over yeah, it. I want to go to South Australia and watch the Magpies versus I'm the Power joking. and I go and have don't a mind with him. The but, power. but I no, I, to be honest, I don't know what it is, but I don't think Matt's a fan of me. I just got a weird <laughs> vibe about that. Anyway, I, I don't know. I must have said something offended him as well. But I will defend him, and after that, I am actually going to waste a veto. Oh, on okay. I just think that's. Fine. I don't know. Like I, I, I hear all the things you're saying, but I just think again, I'm. If we're at a point where other people are off the board, I'm like, yep, Matt's about here. But I just think there's other people in front of him, um, you know, taking um, you know personal attachments out of it. I think there's people on the board still that definitely um, 
don't eat as many chicken nuggets as he does. Um, and look, that's fine. And as I said to you, I'm, I'm uh, fine with you doing this. So, um, and I expected it. I honestly expected you to do it with Nick too. Yeah, so, so it was a strategy. Not really. It's just it's kind of oh, one of these I, ones that you got to try and make a big move sometimes just to see if it will stick. So, yeah, okay. I, I wasn't doing this to take uh, off I'm, your uh, you know I'm, veto or anything. I'm yeah officially vetoing. All right, let's do this then. Uh, he's actually a little bit higher on my list here, but I'm kind of I'm, I'm going over my thoughts as to why. Um, and I know this player knows that I, well, they don't like me, um, cause they very nearly did not do the interview with me. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. He's not a good player. He started off as a good player, but then he just ultimately became so dumb in his moves. I'm sorry. He just, he made stupid moves. He cost himself his spot in this game. And I think that's unforgivable. If you, if you're going to defend your game and say, well, I did this, I did this, I did this. It's like, okay, fine. You did do that. But ultimately you are the reason why you got voted out of this game because you put yourself in a position that you shouldn't have been in because you should have been in a much stronger position. I'm putting Henry Nicholson up. I think Henry shot himself in the foot big time by making the dumb move to mutiny. It was so stupid. He was in such a good position and he was trying to play both sides and try to this, that and everything else. But as soon as he did that, people were automatically going to look at him go, okay, well, this is a bit of an interesting move. You know, someone like Ben, you can kind of understand because he's kind of just there. Whereas like Henry, you know, and he was in such a good position with Jackie because kind of going back to my point with Mark and Sam, like, you know, Mark and Sam and Jackie and and Henry could have been so interchangeable. But the difference is, is that Henry and Jackie were so good at keeping themselves, you know, behind the scenes. He then ultimately cost himself a game. He cost Jackie a spot in the game. He cost Kent a spot in the game. And then even his plan to kind of play both sides backfired on him because straight away people were onto him. His dumb yoga, oh, I'm a yoga teacher. Like, it started off okay, but then people were using that against him. And then just, like, not playing an idol, I honestly, like... I'm not going to say that's a stupid move because an idle play, not playing it like that's a very 50-50 call. I don't think it's fair necessarily to call someone dumb for not playing an idle. James Clement, maybe, because he had fucking two of them. But, um, like, Henry, like, that's not something that I'm going to say there. But I just, I can't forgive a guy who is this kind of on the ball. He's a smart cookie, Henry. He's a popular guy. He's social. Everybody liked him. There was no reason for him to do what he did. And I just think, I said at the time, it's maybe one of, if not the dumbest move in the history of Survivor. I'll backtrack and say in Australian Survivor, maybe the dumbest move in the history of Australian Survivor. Um, And I just think that, like, if Matt's going to get a lump up there and I just, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know why I'm apologising. This is my opinion. Uh, people are going to disagree with it. Uh, and fair enough. But uh, I think Henry is around about this spot. Right. <laughs> um, and scene. Uh, <laughs> and cut. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, oh, I... Probably personally would have Henry higher, but all your arguments I can't. I've got no argument against it. I think again, I'm, look, I didn't listen. I don't think I listened to your exit interview with Henry. I'll be honest, I can't remember. You didn't listen uh, to any of them. You don't listen to us anymore. Uh, <laughs> you didn't um, even realize we covered Star Wars. <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> um. No, I listened to Katie. I listened to Katie Gold. <laughs> Good. Um, no, no, no. I, I have listened to some of your exits and stuff like that, but I can't remember. I don't want to misquote. I don't know if I heard your Henry one, but um, you know what? I, I, I actually loved Henry as a character. 
Uh, that's why I find this hard to whether I don't veto or not. I did like Henry. Um, again, he had the weirdest fucking edit. Like, I think he showed off that he was a good, well, a semi-good player early on. Had this great sort of almost felt like it was a secret, you know, you know, final two. A bit like a Colby and Tina in Australian Outback with Jackie. It looked pretty good. He was in a good position. Uh, he was calling the shots. He was going to throw a challenge to get rid of... Uh, Samantha or Mark. Um, but and even then, he then that, can I just point that out? He tried to yeah. throw the challenge and, and failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, see, this is the problem. You can kind of maybe throw it. and he, But then he did one successfully because he was in a position where he could do that and make it look enough like he was doing okay-ish a bit until uh, – the good old host was uh, Jonathan was calling him out on it about oh Henry's struggling, um, but yeah, I kind of want to defend him a bit, but I think the biggest point you made and and the biggest argument against his game online and stuff is the mutiny. I mean, he went from a strong position and maybe he was super confident in what he had set up too much at a sanger that jumping across, um, he thought he could build more. Um, and, yeah, it, 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 oh, it's kind of sad because I think he's got a great, you know, s- story. And that was the thing, like, earlier on we didn't have, have too much Henry stuff in, in regards to his background. And then when he gets to Summertow, you know, you have you know, all, all the stuff about his mum and the, the journey he went on to get on Survivor and, and his mum passing away and all that sad like sad stuff which i it got me emotionally so i guess maybe you know you you're in the same boat you've lost your mum i have my luckily i've still got my mum but i lost my dad suddenly um you know before i was expecting and so you sort of some of those characters i mean that's why i sympathize with nick last season and i probably gravitated towards henry this season um or this year because of that as well, because I have the, the, you know, the similar, you know, sort of experience. But um, the mutiny is a big, big, you know, cross on his resume. I mean, it, 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 he didn't need to do it. I, I, I see where he was coming from, but it's a bit like the, like you said, the JT thing from Heroes and Villains. Like, people bag him for being dumb, but, I mean, if that pays off, um, you know, that's one of the great moves of Survivor history. Agree. And, Absolutely agree. Um, I, I agree and, with that. And so, uh, you know what? I actually see where Henry's head was at, but I think it still was a bit naive that he thought Jackie could have everyone else locked down or maybe he was not perceptive enough to think, well, not everyone likes Jackie. Everyone more – maybe he's the conduit where everyone goes through. And – and as soon as you take him out of that tribe, then all of a sudden it's a free-for-all. So, oh, geez. So what position is this we're saying? 34th, what number? 34th. 34th, jeez. A double veto. I mean, I never got a double veto on our US one. <laughs> well, I just... Uh, I've only got three left, let's be honest. Oh, you've got four left. I do. I know? haven't vetoed since the second one. Or the figure first, uh, I should say. And that was my strategy, and I stuffed it up. No, um... Yeah, I, I'm looking at some names. I still feel like there's names on the board that Henry is better than. Um, Make a call here, Cable. Ha- how many more? <sighs> but see, if I do a, a veto here, then you're going to just bring both either Matt or him up next. I anyway. can't. Well, look, it, it depends. Like, I can't bring Matt up straight away again. He just got vetoed. So um, you're safe on locking Matt in the ring here, but like. Um, 
And I, I, I'm scared because me vetoing Matt meant that you entered that one that you were going to maybe uh, veto as well. And then I could the next person you bring up could be even more of a veto. So I could bring up like Christy next or something like that. Well, I'm, I'm not bringing up Christy next. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> oh, Henry, Henry, what should I do? Henry, Come on, I'm going to make a host, a host decision here. You have to give me a call right. here. I'm going to have to, yeah, let it slide through the keeper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There we go. Yeah. I'm weirdly satisfied with that. All right. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, you made another point. Like, he had the idol. Again, it happens in Survivor. You're very confident and have faith in your numbers. But Lockie did say, look at him and say, play your idol or play it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was misconstrued over whether he meant Lockie was like, play it for me or whatever. But I think Lockie exit interviews or like he was like play it play it so um yeah, mutiny and not playing your idol i mean yeah all right thanks henry it is all right you know that's that's kind of sucks i think it sucks sorry henry that's all right he doesn't like me anyway so <laughs> that's and that's got nothing to do with it before people go oh you just do it it's got nothing to do with well, it well Probably shouldn't have said that because it sounds like it's biased either well, way. Well, it's 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 not. I will be honest with that. People can see my pre-list if you... Anyway, whatever. Um, 33. Is my turn? Um, yes. Okay. I'm going to hate bringing this guy up because I actually really love this guy. Um, he came all the way from Queensland and to Melbourne for our finale party and it was one of those oh, things where... Oh, no. Yeah, I don't. Sorry, <laughs> he, he immediately had um, you know people just eating out of the palm of his hands. He could have he could have actually won Survivor Game Changers in Melbourne because <laughs> I mean people were going up to him. And the sad thing was, look, we had a quick brief chat, but then because you know I was you know doing some hosting and trying to you know hook up people and organise the event. I sadly did not get to talk to this guy enough and wanted to. Um, Andrew Torrens, um, yeah, I have to bring up. I, I think with Andrew's game, again, he was a fan. He went out kind of hard. And he was probably, again, one of those things, he got three tribes and he's just unlucky he was on a tribe with Nick. But then he kind of won that war a little bit. But then Nick stayed in the game. But then I think what happened, that tribe was very prone to tribal, obviously, and also... Um, he wasn't super strong in challenges by his own admissions as well. Um, and sometimes in the game, it does require you to keep the strongest tribe for more of you to go forward. Um, but also, I think he got a little bit complacent. I think he a couple of things went his way and his uh, strategy um, and, the, and or his relationships with people was working. But then it did obviously get to a point where uh, he was identified as someone of a, a threat or an issue that had to go. So, um, yeah, Andrew's about here, I think. I know, I agree. I, it's a hard one to put up because I still think there's people who went further, but this I think is, yeah, I can a, only go... Yeah. I was going to say, this is the thing, like, I kind of am saying to myself, when I get to the top 30, I'm going to limit myself to five, as in, like, Instead of having a 10-place gap, that's my five-place gap. So, like, I will veto anything that, to me, there should be five places or more higher. I've got Andrew here. So, this is 33. I've got him at 27 on my list. Wow. 
But a lot of that also comes down to you've got to realise that some of these players that are left on the board, there's one in particular that you brought up a long time ago, which oh, really? we didn't put up, that I kind of feel maybe should be in this position before Andrew. But is it worth saving him just for two, three spots? Um, I think the thing with are Andrew you, is... I think that, are, you talking like, some, are you talking someone about someone in season three? No, season four. Um, the thing with Andrew, can I just say, is that like... And just based on what I said about Henry, people are screaming bias and people are probably saying, well, you're being biased here because, you know, you've had him on the show plenty, you know, he's a friend of yours, all this sort of stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. I think what Andrew did very intelligently is, like, you look at Andrew, and this is no disrespect to Andrew, like, he's somebody straight away who's not really going to stand out as, like, a physical person and he's going to be a detriment to the tribe. And I realise that was kind of a big thing against him when it sort of came to his name being put up. But, like, you look at how he was playing this game. He formed straight away in the alliance on Vival. He was automatically in the majority. He automatically was helping call the shots. It's so subtle if you rewatch the season, just all the little bits that he's involved in all those conversations. Like, Craig, Phoebe, you know, those sort of people. Phoebe, uh, you know, when, he, when she comes into it, like... You know, she's obviously causing a bit of issues there. But, like, you look at how closely, like, Andrew and Craig are sort of early on working with things like that and kind of where it's going. You know, Jenna Louise and Sue and all those sort of people who are involved early on. I think that kind of Andrew is, like, a big implementer in that sort of thing. He's one of these players that maybe, I think, gets more slack for what the type of player is, this kind of cocky, arrogant player. But he's he's the Brian Heideck style player. And I'm not just saying this because I love Brian Heideck, but he's one way to the camera and nobody realises what type of player he's actually been. Yeah, well... I will give you that. I will give you that. And that's what I think Andrew has going for him. And he was still, like, right at the end, even when he's getting a sniff that he's going to be in trouble, he's still trying every little aspect in his book to try and get it. And people are listening to him. And that's ultimately what kind of, you know, got him voted out, was because people are like, he's such a huge threat in this game. But having said all that, I mean... Am I willing to veto him just to get him into the top 30? I mean, it's... He's screaming right now at the speakers. I know Andrew's listening. He's going, yes, Ben, do it. Please get me into the top 30. Um, And I like the fact that he will end up on this board only one spot higher than Henry. That, that's laughable. He's a five to ten spot better player than me to me than Henry is. Um... <sighs> No, nah, fuck oh, it. I'm who- vetoing. I'm vetoing it. I sorry. I just I'm I'm selling Yay! myself here. I am. I'm even in my head right now. I'm like, no, like I can't have him only one spot ahead of Henry. Uh, I've got I've got right now one, two, three, four, five, six people below him on my list, and maybe I'll have to implement this rule of five straight away. So, uh, Andrew, you owe me a beer when I'm in Queensland, my friend. Uh, veto. <laughs> I'm the great strategist. I don't care if it's your strategy or not. I'm gladly going to... I've saved mine up for a long time, so... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, look, I didn't want to really bring him up. I'm just looking at the list, and yeah, there's... And another thing, I can I just start- interrupt again and just say that I think one key thing to me too, and this is probably a stupid thing, and I'm, I'm not, I'm only subconsciously doing this with some players, but like I also look at Andrew coming back for a second time and, and doing so much better. And like that's, I say that about Nick and Matt as well, and I know it's kind of being a bit hypocritical where I was initially putting them up there. But, I mean, look, I'm not going to put Andrew in my top 20. No offence, Andrew. I mean, if he gets there, great. But, I mean, you know, I still feel that he's a top 30 player. So that's kind of also a selling point for me. And he's not only one spot ahead of Henry. But, no, okay, we'll leave it because I, I like Andrew. And like I said, I'd, it'd be great if we could all have a beer together and talk about this rankings listening and tell us how bad we are ranking him so low. Or, or, or you fighting for him, either way. <laughs> um, all right, so I've got to go another 33, right? Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. I feel like we need Jeopardy music if we weren't so copyrighted. Do, 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 Um, or you could just, um, I just look at some people and I'm like, what did they do? Were they involved? Were they lucky in a twist? Uh, yeah, no, it's a bit like that. I might actually go back to season two. Okay. And I'm going to go someone who I was a big fan of as a younger man because she was a young girl. <laughs> no, so I shouldn't say young. That sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, dirty well, old she was man. A, she was a model, a model, and she was pretty sort of fairly big at the time. I'm just going to put down Imogen Bailey because I think – when I rewatched this season, yeah, she got pretty deep in the game and she probably got a bit unlucky because of the twist being so close to the end. And you could argue that she might have been pretty close to maybe winning, like I said, with Nicole Dixon. She could have been one, two or three. She finished three. But um, she was one that right from the outset, like with Kim Johnson, she was a bit of fish out of water, hadn't really done the camping thing. Uh, kind of Fiona took her under her wing and there was a lot of times she had a lot of up and downs and, again, that's maybe the edit a little bit playing it up, but she definitely was someone that really kind of reminded me a little of, a little bit of Jenna Maraska, like Jenna ended up winning, but, you know, had those moments of, oh, I'm so down, I'm sick, I want to quit. And she was a bit like that and to think she finished third is kind of amazing a bit. But, yeah, I don't know... She wasn't huge in strategy. There was one or two moves she was a part of, but um, I think she might have just got lucky a little bit as well or got taken care of. So I'm going to put her up. Uh, you can do it if you want. No, I'm not going to veto it. I mean, I had her at 31 on my list, and this is 33. So, oh. uh, yeah. But I, I'm glad kind of she's made it this far because, um, I mean, her and Nicole worked very closely with each other, and the kind of this is kind of my thing going back to, if you know, Guy and, and Justin didn't come back into the game in that final three, um, that any of the three of them could have won. But I think Imogen might have gotten the votes over Nicole because everyone liked Imogen. And, like, the thing, yeah. like, as you said, like, everyone, she was a fish out of water, absolutely, like, like Kim Johnson. But the difference is she, she like, adapted and she grew with the game. And then she basically kind of, like, David trusted her so much. Like, he was always, you know, going there. You know, Imogen kind of, you know, worked hand-in-hand with Nicole to get rid of Wayne Gardner out. Um, and, you know, she really was kind of perceived as this big threat, and she knew that towards the end, like, you know, with just kind of how she was playing the game towards the end. And for somebody who, on paper, you would assume is going to be, like, one of the first votes in the game, you know, for her to do that. She won two two immunities. Obviously, she gave one of them up. Um, but, like, you know, she saved herself from that vote. Um, and, yeah, like, ultimately, at the end... Uh, you know, neither Guy or Justin were going to take her to the end because uh, she was going to win hands down because clearly who's going to vote for either of the two guys who got brought back into the game. So it only yeah. made logical sense for Justin to take Guy with him to the end because, like, you know, at least he's going to have a slight chance. Whereas, like, Imogen would have won unanimously had either of them taken her to the end. And I think she deserves credit for that because, you know, she... I, I like the Jenna Maraska comparison. It's a very good comparison. And I will defend Jenna Maraska's game a lot more than some people will because I think that she doesn't get a lot of credit for, like, what she did in that game to kind of get into where she started to where she ended up and obviously she won it so um yeah i'm glad imogen's kind of this high i kind of was scared that maybe you would have put her up a lot lower than this i think like if we had different people on the show they would have but i think imogen's an underrated player and i think she deserves this position 
Well, and like I said, I'm I'm a fan of hers, but I got to try and take that outside. Um, yeah, not try and skew my perceptions of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Good job, sir. All righty, let's get into 32. I'm not going to bring up Matt again. I'm going to bring up this person just because I sort of alluded to them before because uh, I actually realised they've kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. I actually had them at 34 on my list. This is 32. We've talked about him before because you sort of, we unanimously kind of vetoed him, but he's kind of here. Mark Wales, um, I think that this is a solid position for him. And uh, this is another reason why I had to veto Aaron, uh, Aaron Andrew, because, um, you know, I think that, Andrew is a much better player than Mark Wales. So, yeah, let's put Mark up. Sort of technically sure. again, but not technically yep. again. Yep. No, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that now. Yep. Nice, safe one. Yep. Cool. All right. See you, Mark Wales. <laughs> that was simple. Uh, let's go to 31. Cable. Um, I think hopefully this will be a safe bet too and no arguments. I'm going to go season four as well. And the person that went just after Mark is Jackie. Jack, Jack, Jackie. Won't you see, you see, you see. Um, okay, I had her at 28 on my list, so this is 31. Um, yeah, I'm glad she made it this high too, because uh, I, I'm i glad she's also made it ahead of Henry, because she's a better player than Henry. Even when Henry kind of like threw under the bus by doing that stupid move, she was like, holy fuck, what the hell now? And she at least tried to kind of, you know, establish herself back into the game as best as she could, and just so underrated in terms of physical aspects. She's a strong woman. She basically was strong strategically, but, you know, subtly enough that really could have gone deep. And had, you know, Henry not done the mutiny and these two sort of controlled the game, um, you know, I, I could have seen Jackie easily winning this game. So, um, yeah, I think this is a good position for her. I would maybe have had it three spots higher, according to my list, but um, I'm not going to veto this. I think this is a solid position for Jack, Jack, Jackie. Good. Cool. All right. So that means it's just up to me. Let me just update the count here quickly. I'm just making sure I'm statistically on the right bubble as we get into our top 30. So we've done 46. And there we go. All righty. So as we get into our top 30, let's put up Matt again. <laughs> wow. Wow. We. How many have I used? How many vetoes? We've both used two, so we've both got three left. You're thinking. You're thinking. <laughs> I'm. I, I'm definitely thinking because I still feel like I'm looking through season one. Yeah, I'm happy with who's left. Season two. Yeah, I'm sort of happy with who's left. But I look at season four and season three. I still feel like there's still people on this board. A couple that are at least not as good as Matt. Okay, well let me let me pose this to you, and this is kind of what we would do ultimately in our American one sometimes when we have these yeah. ones potential double do Let's do How it. much further would you have him? I'd at least have him three or four spots higher. Is that worth I've- vetoing again though? I'm trying to play the strategy card here. <laughs> I know, uh, clearly, um, because I just, I just think I'm just wondering how many differing opinions we're going to have further on. Because I don't want to spoil it, but I, I, I sort of want to throw out relative comparisons. Hmm. Because you've got you were saying Matt, you put him up for a second time, but there's someone that finished in the top three. In season four, 
Really? That, yeah, I, I'm failing to see how much was done in comparison. Oh no, like, I, I'll defend that person. I think it's, I think it's borderline the same. Mm. So I'm like, how are you throwing out this person? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to be controversial here, but I, I yeah, look, it's again, again, our perceptions are obviously a little bit yeah. different. Like we all have different opinions, but um, yeah, I. I'm not having to go at the person that finished in the top three of season four. Or necessarily, I'm not saying they should be in this spot either, but I just sort of think, well, what, from what I saw, I, I would rank Matt better than that person. But, um, yeah. So what are you, you going to do here? I don't, so is it my go? So you're going to choose no. if you're vetoing this or not. So who, oh, okay. this is Matt. I've put Matt up at thirty. Oh, are you are you going to use another veto here? Or are you going to let this slide? Oh, I kind of want to veto it because I will veto it. I, I don't. I don't. The points you're making, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with them, but I just think, yeah, he could have played it better. But what if he had a one? Like we'd be not necessarily well, crazy. No, he didn't. <laughs> But he, he was sort of, he's on that cusp if, if a vote goes his way. He's in the top three. I don't know. I just think, yeah, he didn't win. History will say he didn't win. I get that. We're not for what ifs and blah, blah, blah. Actually, Survivor Oz was built on what ifs. But um, <laughs> look, I, I look at it from the point of view that he, he wasn't, I think he was well liked enough that he gets closer to the end. He, it's probably taken out as. But a you're basing that on what ifs, though. I, I, I know the survival no, no, wasn't no. built on that. No, but... no, 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 no. <laughs> I know, I know. But what I'm trying to get at is, I just think there's still other people on this board that had no shot at winning, and <laughs> you're gonna make a decision. I'm pulling the host card here. Fuck. Ah, Jesus, what are you doing this to me for? Because there's someone also in the top three of season three that he's better than, I reckon. Oh, that's a bit rich. (laughs) No. Come on, make a decision. Make a decision. Veto. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I just got you using another veto, but um, hmm. this is where this episode gets longer, isn't it? All right. All right. Matt, you're getting saved here. Wow. He's loving you. You said you didn't like you. I think he loves you now. Um, He's bloody better. <laughs> uh, all right. Sorry, Matthew. Um, okay. I'm going to put up this person then, head of who I initially was going to put up with. Let's go with Lockie. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, <laughs> did Lockie just jump on the line and punch me through the microphone or something? Um, physically, this guy was a beast. Uh, you know, he just he dominated the early portions of the game physically. Everybody loved him. Australia loved him. We saw his butt. Great. Cool. Um and, like, he at least attempted to make moves. He's kind of in that category of he attempted things, but then, like, he didn't kind of go on them enough. And I, I feel that, like, he was very social, he's very strong, everybody liked him, and kind of, you know, he should have been taken out at many points, but people kept him around. 
But, like, ultimately, I feel if you kind of analyse things that Lockie did, I mean, bless you again. My goodness. Um, I think that he really didn't ultimately sell himself to a point where he could have gone far. I mean, he relied, and again, this is kind of being hypocritical because I kind of was defending this before, he relied a lot on winning immunities. And then even when he didn't win immunity and his time was up, you know, his, his whole play on trying to get, like, you know, um, the the idol, and then Peter's like, well, well, show me the idol. I'm like, no, no, I want to make it a surprise. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, that's just dumb. Um, and, like, I know Lockie obviously has admitted, like, he did try and make one, but it just didn't work. Um, and, like, you know, I, I applaud him for at least going to that effort of trying to sell it, but it's kind of like, <laughs> my Sorry. goodness, get spendies <laughs> or something. <laughs> Either that, you're just allergic to my decision-making here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to stop or like what's going on here? <laughs> He's left me again. Uh, <laughs> first it was Henry, now it's Lockie. Uh, I think he's just going to secretly text these people and just be like, "Dear Lockie, Ben's uh, <laughs> putting you up too low." Um, I actually have no idea on Cable's opinions on uh, on Lockie, so. Um, he might be all of a sudden on this page, or I, I really don't know. Um, just, uh, stalling for time right now. Just waiting. Come on, Cable Brandon, any professional podcast <laughs> would edit this out, but clearly you've probably established by now that we're not that professional. We're just waiting, waiting any time today. Here he comes. I'm back. Um, bless Sorry. you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just got a bit of a sneeze. I think it's because I tried to hold the first sneeze. Right, okay, fair enough. Anyway, Lockie, I've ruffled on. I've ruffled on. That's my new line. Ruffled on? Hmm. Rolled on the floor laughing. Apparently, because I don't know why. Um, yeah, I don't know your opinion on Lockie. Um... Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. don't tell me you're thinking of this, are you? What, veto? Yeah. Not really, but again, it's the same thing as like, oh, I think there's one or two people that maybe a little bit more close. Do it if you want. Oh. You'll only have one left. It's fine by me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Process of elimination. Matt and Lockie have to go up eventually. <laughs> I gonna have to let it go through the keeper. I, a lot of things you said, I sort of agree with. I think he was definitely a physical threat. He socially was well liked, so that was a bonus. But I think when it came to the nitty gritty of you know, like maybe you know, doing the numbers or coming up with a strategy that was a bit more complex, I don't think that's his cup of tea. So um, yeah, I'll let him slide through. You let him slide through. Yep. Alrighty. Well, let's slide on through to you and um, give me number 29, please. 29? Well, going on that same logic, 29 has to be a guy that came into this show that was in the pre-advertisements. I guess you would say good-looking rooster, Physically fit, young, an aspiring actor, you might say, um, but had no concept of Survivor, um, Sam Webb. 
I have him at twentieth, apparently. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> what did he? Use, we were impressed by neighbours, or ah, was he on neighbours? Was he? Um, That's why I said aspiring actor. Didn't you? Oh. did you not know this? No, I mean, doesn't hey. he like tell people not to like you know, like doesn't he isn't he a motivational speaker? Yeah, but he, he he I think like Blair McDonough before him was a big big um, fan of Neighbours mm. and Channel Ten. You know, they're all combined, aren't they? Look, yeah. The thing I I think works in Sam's favour is that he really falls into the M word category. And I think yeah. that, like, the thing that I think really worked for Sam, though, is that he really befriended Lee. He's kind of Lee's, you know, they're just buddies in this game, and just they look so inseparable. But then Sam kind of, I think, developed himself into the game enough that he eventually saw that he had to get Lee out to have a shot of winning the game, whereas, like, Lee didn't decide that the other way. So I think kind of Sam's got to have props for at least that. Um, and then even then, when that didn't work, he then obviously is going after L. So I kind of think that Sam definitely needs some props. And this is why I put Sam ahead of Matt, because I think that kind of, you know, this is a guy who who didn't really have to, like, he, he got in a position, no one perceived him as a threat. This is kind of like he's in that solid sort of social position. He's strong enough in a tribe and just everything along those lines where he doesn't really have to go out of his way to try and save himself. And it's not, But he's also in a strong enough position that he probably would have won this game. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to veto it, even though I'm kind of breaking my rule of five here because I've got him, you know, nine spots higher than this on my list. Oh, wow. But, but even kind of looking at who I've got below him, I'm kind of questioning my mental stability when I initially did this list together <laughs> to kind of think, well, why the hell did I have him at 20th? So, um, yeah, like I think maybe a few spots higher. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also kind of glad he's made it into the top 30 because I feel like, again, if we had other people on this show, I feel he's one of these ones that people could have easily ripped shit into and just gone, oh, no, that's, you know, that's too yeah. high. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, 100%. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that he, he gets at least this part of the, uh, the episode. So, yeah, all right. Thanks, Sam. All right, 28. I've got, see, uh, Matt initially in my list is at 38, and then my number 37, oh, wow. my number 37, I've let slide, but I'm kind of rethinking that. Let's put up my number 37 here. Yeah, um, I think you should. So, I'm just going over my list here. I've miscounted somewhere along the way. Just bear with me for a second. This is great, you know, on this episode. One, two, three, four. Oh, I've lost track of five, my six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, that's where I've gone wrong. All right, I'm updated. I, I've obviously not tallied my season four people. All right, we're back on the board. All right, Ben, you're, you're ramping up here. Uh, I won't put Matt up straight away. Let's go with season two runner-up, Justin Melvy. Um, positives for Justin's game, he was kind of always there and thereabouts with people in terms of that he was always there in the decision-making. He was liked. Um, he was social, he was strong in challenges. He kind of ticked all the boxes when it comes to Survivor. Um, and I think that kind of, that definitely worked in his favour. I mean, he really showed that he had the muscle to play this game. And I think kind of, um, you know, detriment to him, kind of going back to what we talked about, Nick, he did get voted out of this game. And he ultimately got lucky with the timing of the twist, which is just dumb. I'm going to say it again and again. It's a dumb point of the game to bring back two people at the final five. It's stupid. Uh, final three, wasn't it? They like It was the final three. They brought them back in, so you had a final five again. Um, 
And, like, the thing that kind of baffles me with this season, though, is that there was obviously a huge part of this season when Justin Melvey is trying to bribe people into keeping him in the game. And, like, this barely gets talked about in the final Tribal Council of, like, oh, Justin was trying to, like, bribe me with money and trying to do this and trying to do that, which is a big no-no in Survivor. Like, you can't do that. Um, and the reason why I kind of weirdly think that's a credit to Justin Melvey is he's trying to exploit it and he's getting away with it. Like, okay, you could argue it's cheating, but at the same time, you know, is it cheating when he's not getting sort of like, is that a rule? Was that maybe not a rule in season two of Australian Survivor? So is that cheating? You're technically not allowed to vote for yourself, but people did. So if it's not a rule, then he's going to exploit it. Good on him for trying it. Uh, I just wish we had seen more of it. I want to know the story behind what Justin Melvey was trying to do. Um, but I think he, like, had he not got voted, like, let's hypothetically imagine that him and Guy Leach get to the end without being voted out. Uh, I kind of feel he could have won this game. Um, and yeah, I think, absolutely. And I think kind of, you know, Guy Leach, look, and I'll be honest with you, he's, is he okay? He's a bit further up than I thought he was, but I might change my perception on that. But, um, yeah, I think that he was smart enough at the end to see that taking Imogen to the end was dumb, even though he's obviously trying to work with Imogen a little bit. Um, but yeah, overall, I watched him in Home and Away. I, I liked him. Uh, he's a good looking rooster, as you just said about Sam Webb. Um, but yeah, Justin Melvey, 28. 28. Done. Lock yeah, it in. You're fine with that one? Cool. Yeah, I'm not, no, all the points that you said are valid. I wouldn't be arguing too much. I mean, like you said, like we've said the whole way through this, and we've probably reiterated too much, but it, it, look, it is hard to try and fit season two and rank those players in amongst all the other players because it was, again, pseudo-celebrities coming back for a good cause but also shorter game length but also having a weird twist like that was so close to the end. It's sort of trying to fairly assess their games uh, is sort of hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, I think Justin was fantastic before he got voted out anyway. Um, and then obviously voted out, come back into the game. So, yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Thank you very much, Justin Melvey. All right, over to number 27, please, Cable. 27. I'm going to put up Matt Tarrant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Veto! Veto! Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, I feel like I want to be controversial. Do it. But then I, this one person I don't because I'm a fan, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> I've got to try and be unbiased, don't I? Um, I think I'm going to go back to season three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for someone that's still sticking around and is of the era of Phoebe and Andrew. Mm, uh-oh. And I'm going to say bitch stole my idol, Craig. Bitch using a veto. Fuck you. This is dumb. Like, really? 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 <laughs> oh, yes. Go use your veto then. I will. Like, I don't have to hesitate. Like, are, are you really? Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd use a veto. That's why. I did it. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> Number twenty-six, uh, Christy Bennett. 
Actually, the scary thing is, if you, like, agree with that, then we're just going to get ripped shit for her being so low. Um, no, this is dumb. Um, like, it's good. I'll take it. I'll just, we don't have to explain it. I'll, I'll just move to well, my next Can I bit. just have a couple of defense? Because at least when you bring him up again, like, we're fine. Yeah, I, didn't, I, no, I didn't even put any argument up for you. You're just together. doing this for me to get a veto, you sneaky little bastard. <laughs> no, well, I, you I wait to see my next person, all right? <laughs> No, no. I'm playing you your know, game at you, Cable hey, Brandon. Right. In, all, in all seriousness, you know, well, you probably don't know this, but I'm a big Craig fan. As is everyone, because Craig's amazing. But that's not even my yeah. fandom coming into play. Like, he's an incredible I player. I know. Well, well, it's clearly not my fandom coming into it. That's my, me trying to be neutral and impartial. But um, I'm just it's looking at other players. in here, my friend. So how, how many more sort of spots? You don't have to tell me exactly, but how, how far up? He's on the cusp of my top 20. What are we up to now? 27. 27. 27. So this is my five votes coming into play. <laughs> well, that's why I said I was controversial because I, th- I feel like... Yeah, okay. Right. I personally, I personally, in my own personal, my uh, in my sort of more uh, fan heart, I have him definitely higher. But I'm trying to separate that and no, try. You're to exploiting be- the system to get me to use a veto, you sneaky little bugger. <laughs> uh, Go for it! Come on, give me a real one here. I've wasted a veto. Well, not wasted. It's a solid veto. Um. It's it's getting hard because I don't I don't want you to get upset and waste vetoes, but I don't. Don't worry know. about me getting upset. We're four hours and seventeen minutes into this episode, basically. Cable, like people want to go to bed soon, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I want to go to bed. Um... <laughs> I'm going to throw out someone controversial. Oh God! Now this is really well controversial because they're a high finisher. But I just don't. I don't really rate the game. Do it. Come on. Say their name. I'm going to go for third place finisher, season three, L. Rowland. <sighs> Look, I can't disagree with this because I have her at 26 on my list and this is 27. So. Well, there you go. Look, Done. I, uh, L's a victim of the edit. Uh, oh, no, absolutely, I get that. But, uh, I mean, I think we've learned, and again, you interviewing so many of these people and you get to see another side of the story, sometimes just being a good person and being a likable person just does not come across on screen exactly. or cannot be. And, 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 I mean, we like you talked about Michelle winning Co-Rong earlier in the podcast. I, I mean, I'm not justifying her winning, but, I mean, one of the reasons people were just like, oh, Aubrey got robbed, this and that. And maybe she did get robbed, but, you know, Michelle was more liked by a lot more of that jury, but it's just hard to put down in an edit. Um, I don't doubt Elle's a terrific terrific person, but I think she didn't have a great grasp on Survivor itself, and that's not not, uh, not necessarily a knock on her, but 
there was definitely things in those final stages of the game where she got upset with Flick and a, a couple of other scenarios where she didn't handle it well. She got too emotional and or just flew off the handle because she just didn't understand. Oh, well, she wasn't getting the concept of Survivor down. I just, I don't know. Yeah, she probably, if she gets to the final two, she wins, but she didn't, so. I just think, I think, yeah, like, like I think positives for Elle that you kind of got to really put up there is that, you know, similar to what I was saying with Andrew, straight away she's in the majority on her tribe, um, you know, and obviously we know the bond with Lee, but, you know, she's obviously got Flick and Brooke alongside with Lee as well. She's also playing around the sides as well with having Matt and Sam kind of, you know, on the edges as well. So she's kind of the, I feel the glue of kind of keeping all these sides, you know, together. And I think kind of what we do see of her, it's great. And she, you know, this is kind of going into these arguments of like what I was trying to say about Sam. Like she just wasn't disliked. The only thing that was against Elle is the fact that, you know, she was in a tight pairing. And like, I get why a a duo is dangerous and kind of why you should target them. But props to Lee and Elle, and I'll talk about this when we get to Lee, of making this work. Um, and somehow other people, yeah, they're trying to target them, but they always manage to get themselves saved. And I kind of think that, like, you know I'm not a Boston Rob fan, but I will defend him in All-Stars. I think he played a, you know, terrific game in All-Stars and props to him for what he did with Amber. And also credit to Amber, which I've never given her. I've, I've, a lot of the time I've kind of come around a lot on her game. I think if you can successfully pull off a pairing this deep into the game, you deserve props. And L definitely was a part of that. And L would have won this game had she got to the end. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that L deserves props, but we can't deny that she was a victim of the edit, as we said. And all the stories we've heard of L, she apparently was hilarious. She was a potty mouth. Like she just was like just out there. We just never saw it. She is fantastic to follow on social media. Her and Lee, like, holy crap, they're the new Jacqueline and John Mish. They're just like this perfectly beautiful couple who you just want to, you know, hang out with because they just, seem fun and she's fun on social media like she replied to a few of our stuff lee applied like they're great they're fun it's just again victim of the edit so um i i mean i'm I sound like i'm overly defending her but i've got her basically at this position on my list so um i just wanted to put some positives out there for l because i i'm a yeah. closet l fan i like l oh. yeah cool l all right thanks Big thumbs up <laughs> well, I mean, there's not much else I can no, say. I, just, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not against Al either, but I just like for a third place finisher, and maybe I'm not saying she didn't do anything, but you know, having Lee as her rock, and I mean, I mean, I guess they both work together anyway, and they had a strong alliance. But I, I yeah, it, it's weird to think that she finishes in that top two, she wins, mm. but um, she didn't, and I. I don't know, maybe that's – and also maybe because she didn't win and get to the final two, then her edit is completely different. Um, yeah. But I just didn't see enough sort of savvy game moves from her. Like I said, when I felt like she was in that box seat and then Flick's talking to her about maybe we have to vote for you because this or whatever, and she flies off the handle and it came across like she actually didn't have a good concept of what was happening or a good awareness, I – thought oh wow this person is so deep in the game and they've got no idea that these are the kind of conversations you have to have in survivor to move forward mm-hmm. um anyway no look i yeah there's nothing i disagree with you with that and i think that you know we're giving her plaudits here really so uh yeah thanks Al. so Al, that this is the veto round we had a total of four vetoes in this round two for the same wow. player 
Uh, so just going over from 36 down to 27, uh, Kylie Evans from Season 3, uh, 36 and 35th, Kate Campbell from Season 3, 34, Matt Tarrant was vetoed from Season 3, followed up by a successful one there for Henry Nicholson from Season 4, 33, Andrew Torrance was vetoed from Season 3, followed up by Imogen Bailey from Season 2, 32, went to Mark Wales from Season 4, 31, Jackie Patterson from Season 4, Matt Tarrant again, vetoed at 30, replaced by Lockie Gilbert from Season 4, Season 3, and Sam Webb went at 29, Justin Melvin from season two went at 38 uh followed by craig you bastard making me use a veto uh replaced with l so good round there for season one no season ones brought up in that round there so we're up to 26 and we really are into the just the big the big people now there's no we've said it a million one times uh but i'm gonna try this again matt tarrant uh i put him up 12 oh. spots uh, eight spots ago so oh, uh i just okay. i've I got to put gonna... him up again yep okay are you going to let this slide this time? <laughs> so what, what number are we at now? This is 26. 26. Fuck. Um, you're going to keep doing it. I'm going to lose veto, so I'm just going to have to let this one slide. You're going to let Matt, this one go through to the key. Okay. Like, Matt, Matt, I fought twice for you. All right, just listen. By and, all means, uh, do it again if you want to. I know. Um, he has to go eventually. Third time's a charm. Um, I'll just say, Matt, um, when you come to Melbourne, please uh, let me know when your show's in Melbourne. And uh, you bring your fucking show to Melbourne, I'll, Matt. I want ba- a backstage pass, and uh, we'll catch up for a beer. And no doubt, I'll get the uh, nosebleed section. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure one of his tricks will be stealing my credit card. But um, he's got to yeah, have money I, on it, right? Though. <laughs> anyway, all right, twenty-five. Yeah. Let's get into the top twenty-five here. All right. So Matt, so Matt's gone at twenty-six. Matt's gone. So. Matt's a race. See you, Matt. Oh, a race from history. Um, wow. I still feel like there's people that are better than Matt on the board. Well, you should have fucking vetoed him. <laughs> mm. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Well, you can't argue I didn't fight for him. Jeez. Um, okay. I am going to go for... And this guy, oh, I was just realised it's a guy. Um, I, I actually like this guy, and I don't know him. Yeah, I've followed him on social media, but I don't. I've never had a conversation with him in my life, um, so I'm not tainted by anything like that. Uh, but I think he was a little bit of a victim of an edit and being with someone that might have been a bigger character. And or a better, you know, giving confessionals, that sort of stuff. So this person was a bit more like a silent assassin. And unfortunately, that that's where I find it hard because I want to rate him higher because he was very involved in strategy and making moves and making connections with people. It's just we didn't see it. So this is more, and, and look, sway me if you want or veto if you want. And this is, no, I'm not trying to stitch you up with a veto. But I feel like this guy was in a good position for a while and just things just unfortunately, a tribe switch didn't help him. Um, I'm going to go with Jared Singh. Not the person I thought you were going for. If you had gone for the other no. person, I would have vetoed them. Um, no, I'm not going to veto this because I have him at 24th on my list and this is 25. So, yeah, I think you sold him very well. I think Jared um, played a very solid game. I think that... Uh, he had every chance of winning this game. He definitely was a victim of the edit. His, his edit was a fluctuating edit. 
Um, yeah. which when we saw him, it was great. When we didn't see him, it's like, well, what the hell is he doing this? And my large portion of the game, I honestly thought he was going to win. Um, yeah. and I was pleasantly oh, surprised by him, pleasantly surprised yeah. by him. He wasn't on my radar of somebody who would do well in this game, I, but, um, and I think one yeah. of the, the, I think because AK was such a big character and they were kind of like, like there was more involved. There was Ziggy and a few others, but because him and Jared seemed to be the tightest sort of pair and kind of running the show, I think there was definitely that inclination that there that went for AK's version of events or yeah. his narrative apart from Jared. So that's where Jared's uh, edit sort of suffered. And and I think even AK has said, in, I believe in a podcast or an interview, he's kind of said there's a, a bit more to Jared that we just didn't see or Jared would make the decision, but then the edit kind of made it seem like maybe AK might have, sort of, you know, like things were sort of slightly out of sync that might have given AK a bit more credit than when, when it was a duo decision. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I don't want to mis- misquote you, AK. I'm sure you'll listen to this. But, um, I, yeah, I got the impression that it was a little bit more um, an even, you know, decision-making sort of experience. A bit like uh, going back to Amber and Boston Rob, there was a bit more of a, a 50-50, you know, debate about things um, instead of just the one person making all the decisions. Uh, and having said that, yeah, just yeah, it's um, it's sad because I, I liked I liked Jared, and I think there was that scene where, again, maybe this was, was a, to AK's credit, he realised they needed Peter to make the switch on Amy, um, to blindside Amy. They knew AK was a bit hot, um, and maybe a bit more abrupt or blunt, uh, and that Jared might be a better influence to sort of talk to Peter in that regard, and just little things like that. I think, you know, it showed what Jared could do, but again, we just didn't see enough of it. No, uh, you, you're fine by me with that one, so thanks, Jared. All right, 24, great TV show, second best one of all time. Um, <laughs> but the number that I'm going to put up with, uh, and just on Jared, uh, she was next to go in the game. Um, she, for large portions of the game, uh, looked very strong. I think she kind of went by, uh, she was my winner's pick to win the game. I'll just point that out. Um, and I, she, she said, I feel like she had, not that there's not a lot of, uh, what would I say? Like people that come out and say, Oh, here's my winner's pick for Shane survivor. But I feel like a lot of people did pick this girl. If I think, I think she's just savvy. She's savvy. She's social. She's quirky. She wasn't bad in challenges. She de- definitely wasn't really despised, and she kind of was only taken out on that double vote just because it was sort of like you have to vote for someone else. Um, and, like, again, we've kind of, you know, put that up against you know, Nick and, you know, Connor, the whole... They were voted out. So we can't really sort of hold that purely against Annalise. Um, and then, obviously, the way she's taken out of the game too. So, like, um, yeah, I-, I was a big Annalise fan. Um, but I think kind of, you know, 24 is a very solid position for Annalise. She's made it percentage-wise, percentage, percentage wise, ratio-wise, higher than she did in the game. So I think she would be thrilled of making it out of 76 Australian Survivor players as a 24th best. So um, I think, you know, again, as I keep sort of using this as a weird argument, had we had other people on the show, I don't necessarily believe she would have made it this far. But, um, yeah, Annalise Wilson, Season 4, I'm going to put it at 24. Um, yeah, okay. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I I have to admit too, I didn't know, I didn't do a lot of pre-season stuff with season four, to be honest, but there were a few people I sort of quickly looked at. Um, 
I'm going to say, look, everyone, it's all in the eye of the beholder. And I think this is going to funny I'm going to say it, but Sarah was advertised kind of as the hot chick of the season because she was the model. But yes. <laughs> Annalise, I would take over Sarah any day of the week, and they live together now, so that's kind of funny. Um, Annalise is very, very attractive. She is, no, I agree. And she, and, and I'm not mistaken, um, that was Ziggy then, played the super like, idol that night, right? That was the Annalise. <laughs> she was the only one to successfully play an idol without it being successfully played, if that makes sense. Am I thinking of the right person? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, I knew I watched this show. Oh, but, but, this, <laughs> but, but I... I but I guess this 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 is not about being attractive. I guess. No, that's um, another list. Because she, she that's be how I rate high. them. I remember cable. I only yeah. rate them because they're hot. Yeah, yeah. Because it'd be a lot higher. But Annalise was someone I really got on the Annalise train. Like I was sort of, I guess if you ask me at the start of the season, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'm a, I probably have Ziggy as one of my sort of you know up there as winner picks. But Annalise really grew on me, and Annalise was fantastic in that middle part, like the early part. Not so much with other stuff going on. She wasn't showing a lot. Then that middle part when she found the idol and she got Sarah on board and all that sort of stuff, she was fantastic. But then it just sort of – then it just fell away again because she obviously wasn't important to the narrative, I guess, in the eyes of the editors. But, um, yeah, she. De- I definitely got on the Annalise train. Um, but, yeah, she, you could argue she was unlucky slash lucky to survive a vote out. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a good spot for her. Yeah. I, I agree. I think she'd be very happy with this. Can I just also quickly, before you go to your 23rd, I didn't do this when I did my halfway point, but just quickly at this point of the the show with, uh, what have we got, 23 people left. So we've had 27 males gone, 26 females gone, and in terms of what we've got left from seasons, we have nine season four players left, eight season three players left, two season two players left, and four season one players left. Uh, cool. All right. Over to you I for number to- 23. Yeah. All right, um, 23. I just want to try and pick someone that you would agree with and we can keep moving. <laughs> well, then do it. <laughs> um, I'm going to bring him up again because I think this is a good spot for him, a really good spot. And again, I'm a fan, so it's not, it's not a bias. I've got no agenda against this bloke because... If I could put him in the top five, I'd put him in the top five, but it's not being realistic. I'm going to say Andrew Torrens again. Uh, yeah, look, I, I had him on my list at 27. I deliberately was never going to bring him up to see how far you would put him. <laughs> so, um, that was a bit of strategy from my behalf. So 23, solid. Uh, four spots higher than I had him on my overall list, and he'll be thrilled with that. Uh, he'll probably say he's probably too high. Um, so he'll, he'll be thrilled that you played the strategy against me to get him off. No, I think he'll be thrilled with the fact that he made it this deep. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's above where I slightly put him, but I think it's thoroughly deserved. So, yeah. And Andrew is definitely someone who should come back and would do very well on a second time round. Cool. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Oh, so let's now move in. So he was actually next on my list technically, but again, I was just kind of vaulting him off. So let's go who actually is next on my list. Um, this player I honestly forgot about, um, cause I, season three, I obviously watched half of it, went overseas, didn't get to see the second half of it and only heard what happened. But when I kind of went back to rewatch this and all the way through, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about her. 
Um, oh, here we go. But I actually thoroughly enjoyed her. Uh, I think she's a beautiful woman. And again, that's not what we're doing here to rate it. Sorry, everyone. Oh, you're raining. Oh, she's attractive. No, you're going you're gonna to pick my favourite, are you? You're going to take um, her off the border. Maybe. Um, I think that Damn. she was very, uh, you know, instrumental in being in majorities. She then, obviously, when we came to Tribe Switches, she, uh, you know, stuck in the majority. But she was the one who kind of decided to try and make a play and try and change things up. Um, which I, I appreciate that, you know, she obviously tried to really shake the game up and really try and make a move. And this to me is more of a JT-ness. Like I get your Henry argument before, like, yes, you're absolutely right. That could have played the other way. The the difference is, is that Henry's was just dumb. Uh, whereas these had legs, um, she had to then obviously rely on immunities to win, but ultimately caught up with her. Uh, and she got voted out of the game. So I'm putting up Jenna Louise Salkeld. Is that how I say her name? Sorry, Jenna Louise, if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, but yes, 22. That's a very uh, good spot for Jenna Louise. Come on. Yeah, see, this is where I've got to try and put my bias aside because she's she is the best. <laughs> I've, I've probably said that about a couple of people here, but no, JL is a quality human being. So, um, yeah, um, yeah. It's a really hard one with her too because apparently she no wow, wow. <laughs> hey that's cool. you not me <laughs> um, it's hard because again like with all these players you try and look at every little even fluctuation in the game or thing that either went for them in when I want to talk about luck or stuff that went against them and I think her having her and Craig and that getting together to make the gutsy move to get rid of Nick that kind of paid off but not really because of the twist kind of screwed her in a roundabout way when the tribes got switched. So she was always on the outer to a degree. And then remember Nick and her had that, well, Nick had that barrage where he sort of had a crack at her. And I just don't think they let her in. But then she had some awesome immunity wins to keep herself in the game. But in that super tribe, she was always behind eight ball. Mm. And I think they picked her just to pick her off as well. So that's the other thing, to get her away from Craig. That's why it's. I find it hard to rank her. That's why. Um, this is twenty second though. She's ultimately going to be the twenty second best Australian survivor player, which that's bloody good. I'm just looking at some other players. Just, just want to confirm. Just look at my list. Uh, <laughs> Check with the brain stress. <laughs> yeah, brain not working properly. Beer <laughs> affecting brain. Um. <sighs> I'm going to let it slide because I know that we're going to get some controversy later on, but I'm going to say this is a very, very lucky to not be vetoed. But okay. it's only for – it probably only – I still think there's maybe one or two ahead of her still on the board that are not as good, okay. that had luck. Had, had things gone oh, – now I want to veto it. Now I'm talking <laughs> myself out of it. Because I, I, I just looked at a name that I was a fan of, but I think had a lot of things given to them or and or, uh, you know, worked for them as well, but had luck on their side and didn't use it to their advantage. And JL didn't have that. Right, I need you to make a decision here, Cable. I'm going to veto it. Oh, you. God, he's, he's fucking gone over it. Oh, wow. Was not expecting that. Mr. Wow, pulled that out of your asshole, didn't you? Um... Give me a second here just to acknowledge my uh, statistics here to make sure that I'm on the board here. Wow, General Louise gets, uh, hmm, that's unexpected. 
No offense, Jenna Louise. Um, and, and maybe that's a little bit of blind, blind uh, faith, or, or you know, probably uh, uh, absolutely a little bit of bias. But I, I think a bit like what you said with some other players that we've sort of gone, maybe not. I think um, you cable, Brandon. You've now only got one veto left. <laughs> All righty, who's going to be there's next? A twist. The there's a twist. I've just found under my couch an extra veto that's part of a... Oh, go fuck yourself. Um, All right, so... (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. I am going to go with... Okay, it's been a while since I've had a season one player. Um, And I'm glad he's made it this deep. This is exactly the position I put him on my list, 22nd, and he's going to be 22nd on this list unless you veto it. Like, I know I'd be fine with that. Um, Craig Abbott from season one. There's another Craig Australian Survivor. Craig. Both Craigs who have played Australian Survivor are bloody good players of Survivor. Now, the reason why I think Craig gets needs to get props and plaudits is that he basically, on the merge, he's straight away calling out to Para, hey, we're going to get Pagong to you. Like, guys, look at this alliance. And, you know, Rob just cool, calm, collected the Rodney model. He's like, oh, there's no alliance. What are you talking about, guys? Like, hey, fellas, relax. Um, and Craig's just basically, you know, trying to call the shots and trying to switch things up. And he worked his little ass off, Craig did. He went to everybody to try and get them to switch. He worked and worked and worked. And ultimately, just Rob and the Power Four were so strong that they just would not budge. And even the, you know, it's not just a Power Four, it was Power Six, obviously, with who was left a Power Seven, sorry, on uh, Tapara. So I give such plaudits to Craig. If he was on another season, he could easily win the game. I want to see a survivor team up of Craig Abbott and Craig Anson working their Australian asses off because I'm a huge Craig Abbott fan. And uh, hashtag Team Craig for this episode. And I'm so thrilled that he has made it this far. At least he could make it further, depending on what you decide to do. No, no. I, I, he was sort of roughly in my next sort of um, sort of block of people. Um, yeah. So you're fine with this. All righty. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since we've had a season one Uh You have to go all yeah. the way back to position 42 when Joel went. So 20 spots since we've had a season one So there you go. This is the strength of season one. And a lot of people got to establish that. All right. 21. Who's becoming legal age right now? Cable? Um, I'm going to put up the someone. I'm going to put up someone. Yes, that's right. Shut the front door. Um, that's not Sierra Easton. Um, she went ages ago. Overrated. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put up someone that I would compare. Oh, compare is probably not a good word, but one of my arguments for JL, I looked at, uh, straight across at my list and saw this a person who I, again, I was a fan of pre-game and had as my winner. I think was pretty much my winner's pick if I'm just looking through. Anyway. I had, and I was definitely from day one a big fan of, but had a lot going for them and had advantages and or super idols maybe, and then, but was became towards the end an absolute train wreck of decision-making and who she was sharing information with. So I'm going with Ziggy Zagami. Because hmm. I, think, I think her first half was strong, pre-merge, 
But then when she got to the marriage, I think it was just, it was, I wouldn't say ineptitude. And again, it, it comes into the edit. But from what I saw, it was mistake after mistake after mistake um, with her idol plays, who she was telling she had the idols, who she was trying to align with. And in a lot of times, when you look back at her game, she's well-liked, so that's a great, that's a bonus. She's, you know, social and everybody, I feel like everybody loved her and everyone wanted to play the game with her. But if you go back, she's a lot, a lot of these votes, even when she's not necessarily in danger, she's not in the majority or she's on the wrong side of a lot of votes. So I'm going to say Ziggy. And, I'm, and I was a big fan from day one. So... I yeah. Look, I am going to be honest here and say that I have a six spots higher, so that is obviously breaking my rule of five, but I also don't kind of want to veto this because I actually agree with everything that you said, and I think you sold me a lot of it because like, I can't... I've become a hypocrite if I ignore the mistakes that she made when I go back to someone like a Henry and Nick and people like that who yep. I was defending. So I, I'm become a massive hypocrite because you're you're not wrong. She made some huge blunders with her plays at the end. Um, socially, she was great. Physically, so underrated. I feel that like she was rated physically, which is kind of weird me saying underrated. But I think that Lockie just you know oh so like fucking John O'Leary, love you John O'Leary, but like seriously, I think Ziggy was a better physical player than Lockie. Um, and I mean, she's an Olympian, so I guess kind of that goes in there. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. That's got nothing to do with anything. I just want to point that on the record. Um, Craig's a beautiful man too, Craig Abbott, and the other Craig. All Craig's are hot too. But um, yeah, I can't. I'm not going to veto this because I want to save my two maybe for the top ten. Um, but yeah, I think it's a solid position though. Twenty first. I mean, it's there and thereabouts. She's maybe you know. Ratio-wise, slightly higher, because, uh, what was she, fifth, sixth? Um, but, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm not vetoing this. Cool. Done. All right, see you, Ziggs. Ziggy Ziggs. Uh-huh. All right, so we're now uh, the top 20. Um, I'm going to do it again, Jenna Louise. I think we're literally at this point now where we can just put them straight up again. And all you, right. by all means, waste your last veto all on this if you want nah, to. <laughs> do it. Just put her in. She's got. I've got her in the top twenty. Well, she's in the top twenty, so like she's made it. Oh, yeah. Um, but she's she's on my list, so I'm just I really have to stick to my order here from now on. I feel, and um, I went over things, but and again, I I, I like Jenna Louise. As I said she went up for me so much on that second watch, so um, it's nothing negative against her. But again, these are top twenty players now, folks. These are our top twenty. So this is more. There's going to be very few negatives about these players. So yeah, yeah. All right. See you, General Louise. Move on to our nineteenth. Nineteen. Well, we are getting to the business end of things, and sometimes it is about your finishing a position. No matter how lucky, unlucky, or lucky you are, um, he's a beautiful man. He's a great man, but we have to put Craig back up at nineteen. I have him at seventeen, so I can't. <laughs> no, I can't beat it. Like I've got three people below him on my list. Um, Don't worry, I'm sure we'll both private message him and say we still love him. But it has. I just I'm looking at all these other people in front of him, and I'm like. 
it gets to a point where, oh, look, I'm not worried too much about backlash. We're going to get negative feedback anyway, but people are going to go, how the hell have you got someone that finished, uh, you know, what would he finish, 18th or something? Uh, but, like, <laughs> but you got to just quickly interrupt. Yeah, AK is still to come, and they basically yeah, AK, finish in the same AK position. And, yeah, okay, yeah, I was going to say, Craig and AK finish in the same position. AK could come up next. It could. But what I'm saying, yeah, absolutely. So I'm not, I'm not arguing, I'm not necessarily saying that he should, we should be getting rid of Craig and AK off the board now because they need to, but it does get to a point where you can't have, how can we justify having so many people pre, that have finished sort of so low? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. and I agree. And I think this is the difference ultimately when it comes down to us doing Australian and American ones. We've only got four seasons to work off, so I feel we can easily get more pre-mergers deeper than we would in the US one. Um, yeah. and, and also I think, like, one thing I'll quickly say is I'm honestly, like, as much as I keep saying we're not here to offend, we're not here that. And, like, ultimately at the end of the day, though, this is my opinion of your gameplay people, and if they want to take offence to it, let them take offence to it. It's not like I haven't pissed people off enough that they haven't wanted to appear on the show because they were offended by my opinions before. Um, so, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to own my opinions because because I am doing a podcast about this and I'm not here to please everybody with my opinions. Having said that, I love Craig. Um, I would have you two spots higher. Please don't hate me. Uh, but no, like, I think this is a very solid spot for Craig. I think, like, I think you and I both can respect the game he played for such a short amount of time. Uh, and this is kind of like, let's go back to what I was saying about Nick. Is This is like the type of game that Nick could have easily done if he didn't dig himself a hole so early. Craig could have easily been in that position. It's a what-if scenario. But Craig was just so solid. He was so smart. He was so social. He was so calculating. And re-watching it, you just adds to him. And this guy can win this game. Uh, and it was just the battle between him and Phoebe. Phoebe hasn't well, come up yet. Say, and this is the yeah. thing. Like, I mean, this is how good both of those work off each other. Uh, and like, you know, they've both been on this show. They've both talked about having potentially worked with each other instead. Imagine a power alliance of Andrew, Phoebe, and Craig that works instead of going yeah. against each other. Like, oh my god! But it, it's even that, like, I mean, for anyone to say that Luck's not involved in Survivor in this day and age is a, an absolute well, a moron, and got no idea because you know maybe Craig wasn't good at searching for an idol, but at the end of the day, he had a good look, and Phoebe just beat him to it pretty much. Um, or, or she, I'm just trying to remember. I'm pretty sure she might have seen him maybe kind of looking, and she obviously didn't have the clue, but she still found it. So yeah. there's two ways you can look at it. Like, he was unlucky not to find it, but then he was lucky to get the serviette or the napkin that had the clue in it yeah. by chance. Um, but, look, Phoebe beat him to it. Um, that's the thing. Craig would have been an awesome player post-marriage as well. Um couldn't I can't like Andrew's in the same but can't speak more highly of those two people and even Phoebe so but again we have to whittle these people down and we can't just on maybe liking them outside the game put them in the top five True. players of all time Agreed. I mean we have to <laughs> it's hard it's hard but we just have to do it it's it's the reality and of this is why sometimes it probably work better if like we hosted a show where we didn't speak to these players <laughs> you know so um yeah. Anyway, all right. Thanks, Craig. We love you, Craig. And I know you're going to be one of these people who will listen to this. So um, there you go. All right. Again, going through order of my list. Um, and this is the thing. I can put big controversial ones up and not really be worried. You've only got one veto left. So it's kind of like I, I feel a bit safer now in my opinions here. Um, let's continue on the season three page. Three in a row here for season three. 
Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a fan of this person. Um, first time around, I'm like, no, oh, I don't see the big deal. Second time around, when I kind of watched it through, I, it grew on me slightly. But again, I wasn't really the biggest fan of this person. I thought they were slightly overrated in the fan community. Having said that, I can appreciate their game. I respect their game, and I think they played a solid game. An 18th position is a very solid position for this person. Uh, I'm going to put up Brooke. Um, I think that, you know, obviously she was involved in the, you know, uh, the moment which was the big blind side, which kind of broke the M word there, uh, you know, and bye bye Brooke, that was kind of a big turning point in the game. But I think that kind of was a huge props to her game that she was such a threat that people saw that strongly social player, like such a social player, her and flick, you know, fantastic. Um, and obviously, you know, kind of having Sam involved, Matt involved there, you know, and obviously kind of working along with Ellen Lee as well. She was kind of like the floater person that really was always able to work into those positions. So, um, and obviously very strong physically with immunity wins. Um, so yeah, so much props to Brooke and she's going to ultimately go down as a top 20 player. And like, if you, you know, compare this to our US one, our US version is, you know, 20 players, 20 winners. So, you know, that's obviously different. But, um, yeah, anyway, Brooke, um, putting uh, Brooke Jowett here at number 18. Um, I'm running out of vetoes because I kind of feel one like... left. <laughs> I kind of feel like... I know I, I don't, again, don't disagree with a lot of what you said. I just feel like she's better than that. It's, I still think there's... I reckon I'm looking at three names on the board that I still think... Are, Brooks better than. And well, by, by all means, veto. <laughs> that works perfectly for me. Yeah, exactly. I reckon that you've done this on purpose. Hey, this comes to you. I'm going to put up Craig just so I can veto it. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed, but I'm going to have to let it slide. Please, Brooke, if you listen to this, let's... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to let. It. No, no. Well, I, if I had more vetoes, Brooke, I'd, I'd veto this. But I'm gonna let it slide through. I mean, she's not maybe mega, mega spots higher, but um, it's all your criteria again. Listen, yeah, we're really yeah. into the tight end here. We've it is. Well, it is. Now. It is. That's why I'm. I'm looking at some names. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, I still. Personally, and again, taking outside the game away from it, I still feel like Brooke, while she might not have had the greatest grasp on Survivor as a whole, I think she was really good in that. The strategy and part of the so-called Mean Girls group and winning immunities, I just think, yeah, it's just... Um... All right. All right, yeah, we'll have a slide. Yeah, bye. Close bye, us bye. out for this <laughs> round. Close so what, us out. What, so what name? Number 17. Number 17. That was number 17. Oh, are we up to 17 or that was 17? No, that was 18. This is 17. That's 18. All right. All right. So if we're going to take her, her Brooke off the board, we have to take off. Our shoes. Um, yeah, I just. I, can you hear the dogs barking? I, I no, but I'll listen carefully. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. The dogs were barking, so I just assumed there was someone at the door. Um, it's Brooke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? You should have vetoed me, you bastard! Yeah, she could, she lives just around the corner too, so she could probably do that. Kind of freaky that you know that cable. Uh. <laughs> um, no, 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 no stalking. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to put this person up because I, again, I was a fan. I know, I feel like there was people that kind of had her in that sort of winner's mix. And this is season four. Uh, she's someone that was kind of on the outs after the initial vote and was kind of on the outs for a little bit and got saved by somebody else and then sort of got back in with the crew and, and went sort of pretty deep into the game. We're going to put up Tessa. Oh, not the and one I thought you were going for. Yeah, why I say that is because, I, again, I, I, I really like Tessa's game. I, I I do rate it highly. There's a couple of people that probably in her season finished the game higher that I could kind of go, oh, I feel like she played better than them. But I feel like right from early once uh, the Adam sort of AK, you know, war happened, Tessa was on the wrong side and then she was going to be part of the sort of, I guess, the pogonging and then... Then uh, Tarzan saved her, so that sort of saved her bacon a little bit. And then, uh, you know, moving forward, then all of a sudden she became almost a pawn because AK needed or, or was happy to bring her in to get rid of Amy. And then due to, you know, a couple of tribe switches, she was sort of in the mix. But I loved her fight. And, I mean, again, this could be the edit showing us a lot more of her. I'm not too sure. But... I love that she was willing to make moves and talk to people and just try everything, you know, fight right, fight to the bitter end. But um, as I'll give her absolute credit, whereas some other people just go, they fall on their sword. They just sort of kind of half give up when they think they're gone. But Tessa gave Survivor her all. But um, I think there was a, a bit of – maybe she got a li- little bit more luck than other players get. So um, – I'm probably going to put her here, depending on what you say. No, I'm, look, I'm not going to veto it, because overall, this is 17th, and I've got her at 14th on my list, so it's only three spots. Um, I love Tessa. I love her so much. Uh, I had the pleasure of being able to speak to her twice during the season, because ultimately I got the jury vote-out interview as well as the exit interview. Oh, wow. Such yeah. an intelligent player of this game. She worked herself back into it as well. You know, the Henry She's moves. She's a doctor. She's pretty smart. Such a big sort of move on her behalf there, and I feel so horrible that she kind of didn't get that opportunity on the jury, but ultimately that was, I think, a, a smart move there by Jericho in many aspects, because obviously, you know, Tessa was going to fight for Peter, and she was going to fight for Peter, uh, which kind of, you know, comes down to when Peter comes up, well, I'll have a bit of a defence for Peter as well. Um, but, yeah, I, look, I... Again, a couple of spots higher, but it's not worth vetoing, considering if I had... Again, if we had 10 vetoes and I had, like, maybe four or five left, I would, but I've only got two left, and I kind of don't want to... I don't want to say waste it, uh, but, like, if you had to put her up five spots, I easily would have vetoed this. Um, but 17th, I think that's a solid result for her, and I think she would be pretty pleased with that as well. So, yeah, tick her off the, tick her off the lost. Um... Alrighty then. So, if I'm not mistaken, we now have, we now have, we now have uh, 16 to go. So that's the end of another round. A quick round there. That one we only had one veto in it. Uh, so going over there, um, uh, we had Matt finally go at 26. Matt Tarrant season three. Jared Singh season four, 25th. Annalise Wilson, 24th from Season 4. Andrew Torrens, Season 3, 23. 
Uh, Jenna Louise Salkeld was vetoed at 22, replaced by Craig Abbott from season one. Uh, Ziggy went at 21st. Jenna Louise was then put back up again at 20th, successfully gone. Craig Janssen at 19th from season three. Brooke Jowett from season three at 18th. And Tessa O'Halloran, 17th. So with now only 16 people left, we've gone through 60 people on the board, if I'm not mistaken, and I hope my math is correct here, we've had 29 males, 31 females. Uh, there are three people left from season one. Yes, that is correct. Yep. There are two people left from season two. That is correct. Yep. We should have five left from season three. One, two, three, four. Uh, no. Four, only four. Four. Okay, so hang on. I've, I've given that one in the wrong column there. So we've got seven left from season four. Okay. So that makes more sense. And uh, just veto-wise, obviously, I have two left. You have one left. All right, let's fire through this final 16. Um, based on a lot of what your argument came down to with Craig, I feel we've got to put her oh. up now. Uh, I love her. I, I, I'll i be absolutely honest with you. I didn't like her the first time I watched it. She annoyed the shit out of me, and I didn't get the big deal with it. Then I saw the light. This is kind of like my Kim Spradlin argument. <laughs> the first time I watched one, one, really, Kim Spradlin? But then I realized I was stupid and woke up. Um, so yeah, Phoebe Timmons, love this woman, <laughs> love her to death, uh, but let's be honest, she's one of only two pre-mergers left on this board, um, and I just feel that 16th is a, such a solid position for her, she's beating so many sh- people on this list that people are going to get angry about us for beating, but so good, she just was so social, she was so savvy, uh, she had so much poverty about her, which I hated people comparing to her at first, but I think there's elements definitely there. She's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful person. Uh, I had the thrill of when I interviewed her on this show. I think we spoke on Skype for about two hours before I even hit record. Um, so, like, just had a great conversation with her uh, and thoroughly popular out there in the fan community as well. But such a great player. She can win this game. She would win this game if she came back and played again. Um, and I really want to see a Phoebe Craig, uh, Andrew Super Alliance on, uh, all-star season, but, uh, sorry, be f- sorry. <laughs> I was about to say something else here. Phoebe Timmons, uh, 16th for me. Veto. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I kind of want to, uh, nah, Wait, I mean, that, wait, use that, use that, use that. <laughs> nah, I, oh, look, I can't argue. And like you said, you, again, we can't take what we know outside of the game, but, I've met Phoebe and, yeah, awesome, awesome person. Um, not that I've really spoken about very about anyone here, I don't think, but um, I haven't met everyone, but the pe- some of the people, I, I understand why they get cast, some of these people. It's like oh, sure. they're just their charisma and just the way they are. Like there's no doubt. Like, oh, there's no reason why. Like you just know why they were cast once you speak to them outside the game. So, now, Phoebe's awesome, um, and you know what? I was—I actually went into uh, season three thinking, "Oh, Phoebe's going to be over because she was, as you would recall, she was part of a lot of the pre-game uh, advertisements." And I thought, "Oh, here we go, another." You know, obviously they want to show us the bikini bay, but is she going to actually do anything? And yeah, she didn't go deep into the game, but God, she went. She came to play. Um. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she came to play, which was great. It, she wasn't just the blonde bimbo. Um, she was a smart, the smart chick, and uh, made some good moves. And I mean, she was charismatic enough that she drew drew people in, and and really got to manipulate people because she was so likable. Yeah, 
Um, she's she's basically and- she's she's kind of like um, uh, I don't know why have I gone blank on his name? Uh, the female Rowan in the fact that she's smart and pretty. So it's like yeah, screw you, yeah. Phoebe, for getting all the and boxes. Look, and like when, <laughs> look when, when I first sort of met her um, at our Melbourne event, like that was the thing. It's like when you you start chatting to her, and you're like, no wonder people get convinced when she starts talking to you that you go, yeah, I'll vote with you or, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll help you. Or, Absolutely. Like, it's just and, – and, like, she's not even trying to manipulate me, but I her. get it. I get – and I, I think – I mean, look, it, you try and put it aside and go, well, is it because she's good-looking, um, you know, she's a beautiful girl, do people get fooled by that? But even at the event, I, I felt like – from what I saw of her, she mingled with everybody, all the fans, and she spent lots of times with every sort of different person, chatting, signing autographs, all that sort of stuff, and taking photos. And people love her. Everyone gravitates towards her. So um, I guess in a tribe, you probably would too, even though it's a game, that you have to vote people out. Um, Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I'm a little bit surprised we both had her sort of high, but I think a little bit's maybe on potential or the fact that she played so hard but just got to a point where, you know, you just run out of lives pretty much. All righty. So number 15, Mr. Cableness, let's get into our top 15. Okay. So is it my turn? That is why I go to Mr. Cableness, yes. Okay. So... I'm going to put up this guy. Mm. Mm. You can edit these long pauses out, by the way. I think you should. Um, <laughs> it depends how lazy I'm feeling when I put this together. Yeah. People who um, to this know what I've done already. Um, I know you're going to fight for this guy. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. 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 Do I do him before this guy? I don't know. Oh, cable. I'm okay. Start recording. Okay, this is my. Yeah, I know. You can just edit all that shit out. Um, <laughs> and I think you should. Um, number pick fifteen. Season four. A guy that I feel like was social and likable enough but didn't have there was odd bits of strategy but didn't get shown a lot to us or maybe I missed it but I think for a third place finisher a bit like Al I just didn't see enough of Peter Conti to justify him getting higher than 15 um I mean I have him where's this this is 15th I've got him at 12th um so I'm not going to veto. I, I'm glad he's made it this far because I think you kind of hinted that you might have brought him up a bit earlier. And I'm like, oh, God, no, that's way too low. Um, I think Peter deserves credit just for his social ability to really kind of find himself in situations because he kind of had that, what was it, like a swap or something he did, didn't he, that he ended up on the other trial? I can't so remember. He, was on, he was on the swap and he was on the wrong sort of side and then there was a mutiny, so he jumped. That's right, the mutiny. So, was that, yeah. yeah, yeah, So, But, like, as opposed to Henry's mutiny, like, I kind of think he had, like, it was a good idea to do it and he kind of jilled himself straight into it. Like, there was no threat to him 
going. And, like, yeah, we can't deny he's a victim of the edit as well because he definitely was not seen for large portions of his game. But I just think his game was so strong when we did see him that he was able to go there. The way he played Lockie, you know, the way Lockie's trying to be all like, you know, oh, but, you know, uh, I've got this. And I'll just play it at the trial. Just, he just owned him. And, like, just he was so good at his public mm-hmm. speaking ability. Uh, I think Jericho saw the threat of him and how he would have, you know, been there and had Tessa been on the um, jury as well. That's why, you know, he ultimately voted for her to go. And Tessa, you know, again, I know this is kind of breaking our rule of talking about things outside of the game, but Tessa was just so adamantly going to defend Peter had he got to the final tribal council as a jury member. And obviously Jericho saw that, which is more of, I guess, props to Jericho for his intelligence, uh, which is not a mm. word. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I am a huge advocate for Peter, and I just I think that he's definitely somebody who could come back and play this game and win this game again. I think he's very similar to... Um, why have I gone blank on his name? Uh, Rafe from uh, Guatemala. And that I yes. feel Rafe just does not get credit for how good he was and Rafe would have won the game. And Danny saw yeah. that. So, yeah, I, I think Peter, I'm glad he's made it into the top 15. Uh, had he gone anywhere below the top 20, I would have vetoed it. But, um, you know, I would have him three spots higher, but I'm, I'm solidly glad, solidly glad uh, that he's made it this far. So, good job, Cable Brandon. Well done. Uh, alrighty. See you, Pete. Um, okay, let's move on now to somebody else from his season. Um, she is the cat's Ooh. mother. I hate that saying. She's the cat's mother. You ever been told that? That's a dumb saying. Yeah. Yeah, my mum says it all the time. Yeah, my mum used to say it. I never got it. Um, she was very intelligent. She was very savvy. She was kind of, like, just... I didn't give her much of a chance pregame. I thought, like, oh, you know, she's just kind of going to look pretty and not really do much. But, like, she was great. She was strategic. She was, uh, you know, always involved. She had that weird moment where, like, was it the fight with Jericho where all of a sudden, like, they were at each other's throats and the next minute they kissed and made up. Luke. Now, uh, Luke. Luke. Yeah, sorry, Luke. Uh, which is just, it was so unique. I'd never seen that before in Survivor. Uh, and she was able to just always find herself in an ability to kind of be back in some position of power, which is just props to her. I think she's kind of in that Phoebe mold where she just seems like somebody you just want to talk to and engage to, and the fact that she's stunningly beautiful really helps her as well. So, um, yeah, I'm going to put Sarah Teleki Teleki up. Um, I mean, she's 14th here. This is a great position for Sarah. And somebody I'd love to see play again, somebody I think could win this game again. I'd like to see a Sarah-Phoebe alliance. That's a, that's like an Amanda-Phoebe style, uh, Amanda Parvati kind of thing going on. So, um, yeah, Sarah, uh, let's put her at 14th. Um, yeah, I'm not going to... Oh. Not going to veto it, I don't think. You don't think? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I'm just trying to look at the names left on the board, and I could probably argue that I reckon there's probably... I could argue maybe even three people that she might be almost better than. But mm. uh, we are definitely getting down to the... Yeah, I'm going to let it uh, slide. I'll let it slide. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. see you, Sarah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. Uh, you're down. Now to unlucky 13th. 13 left. We're into the top 13 here. This is just a quick update. We have... Seven males left, six females left. We have three Season 1 players left, two Season 2 players left, three Season 3 players left, and five Season 4 players left. All right. He's going he's gonna to hate me for this. No, the, I think he'll be happy with 13, I think, maybe. Maybe. Yes. No. Um, 
I'm going to put up the guy that entertained the hell out of me in the pre-merge and um, a huge Survivor fan, um, really good bloke, Connect actually connected with me on Twitter early, very early on. And, yeah, just a really likeable guy. I know you might have a different sort of opinion. You might, but uh, I'm going to put down... At 13, the DJ, wedding DJ himself, AK Knight. This surprises me because uh, I for sure thought he was going to be in our top 10. And he's kind of on that cusp. Oh, really? Well, he's kind of on that cusp for me. The fact that I'm, if I'm playing my rule of five here, uh, I legitimately had him at eighth. Uh, I, I legitimately have, wow. him, I have him ahead to, of two winners. I'm not going to deny that. Um, oh, well, there you go. Well, but it's it's also that rule of five, and it's kind of like uh, there's a couple of people on this board that I want to staunchly defend, and I feel if I save my two vetoes for for at least one of them, I feel like I can easily have that. Um, so this I'm is looking the, at this list. I'm like, who the hell are you staunchly defending? I will see. I, I just want to say, just I, I I thoroughly enjoyed AK. I was such a huge fan of his. I absolutely loved watching him play. Like I just loved every like character wise and gameplay wise. It's like you know the moments there of like uh, you know Tara when she's vomiting. Like oh are we still are we still good? Uh, <laughs> like the chicken idol, and then just like the the viewer blind side of him having the idol was fantastic. The way he was able to kind of switch things over to him, you know, the hatred between him and Tara, and then just being able to play off that. And just, just the way he managed to able to manipulate himself into positions that he shouldn't have been in. I mean, he was so good at this game. And that's why, to me, he's a top 10 player. But again, he's 13th here. And, so he, and, and, he, got, and he got shafted by a, a tribe switch. But again, yeah. a lot of these people are affected by switches like that. So we can't always... Yeah. Exactly. No, you're right. Um, so, I mean, you make me feel bad now because I actually thought you would have had him probably in your next pick. No, and, so like, I, thought, and well, I assume a lot of that comes down to personal stuff. And no, absolutely. This is where I like I, I can clearly say that my list isn't personal because if this was personal, I would have him a lot lower because, yeah, I mean, he didn't appear on the show. Um, and I will be completely honest. I think it was completely childish, the reasons that he gave me, that he was offended with what I said about, you know, and he didn't even give me a clear reason, yet Henry was able to do it, and Luke, the person I am assuming to this day, he was offended the things that I said about him, was, you know, man enough to just be like, yeah, mate, like, it's fine, I was this way, and, you know, like, just how it was. And it really disappointed me. It really disappointed me that I didn't speak to AK, because I'm, again, a huge AK fan. As somebody who's such a big fan of survivor for him to kind of have that as a method to you know not be able to do an interview with me just because he's offended by me calling someone a dickhead in you know a slight passive humor comment i don't necessarily i just i think it was very childish of him and i'm just going to be completely honest about that and i don't expect him to ever talk to me or ever come on the show and that's fine by me that's his prerogative but i'm not using my personal issues with him to rank him lower I think that he is a fantastic player of this game. I would love to see him play Survivor again. I think he could win this game. I think he could take on some of the best US players and put it up to him. I think he well, is by I believe far it. ahead of his time in terms of the, the... And that's a weird thing to say because it's kind of where we are at, Australian Survivor. But if we also are going to be realistic and kind of look at the fact that he is a pre-merge player... Um, mm. so I think that is also a bit of a detriment well, against his overall ranking. And the fact that if you've got to look at who are the other 12 that have got on our list, they're all what top four, top five players. 
in terms of where they finished and thoroughly deserving. So, so he's, he's the highest place person that's finished that low. He's the really highest place pre-merge player, and by far. Like, I mean, okay, he's only going to finish, what, three spots higher than Phoebe, but I think that's a valid perception there. Perception, that's not the right word I'm doing there. But I, I think this is a solid position for him. Again, I've got him an eighth on my list, but I'm mm. not going to fight this one just because I'm being a bit strategic as well with my vetoes. Right. Okay, done. Alrighty. Uh, and AK, okay, I'm sorry. I, I really thought you were pretty close there. I didn't think you'd be top 10 in Ben's list, so. Hey, I'm glad I can surprise some people. All right. But I thought, uh, yeah, AK, okay, unlucky 13. Yeah, you got a tribe switch. You got stuff by production, so. This is tough. Kind of this is tough because the next two people on my list are finalists. Oh, really? Do I skip just, over them and go to the next? No, but you, you just got to think of who played the game. Okay, think all right. Just be, okay. Just because I reckon there's one finalist for me too that I'm uh, I'm really, again, I got there's no issue with that person personally, but I just, uh, yeah. And I've got a feeling this is the person I'm going to put up. Um, let's let's well, let's put up Tara Tara Pitt. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Look, I've just got to say for Tara, I was never on the hater aid with. I know she was despised. I was always kind of the middle player with Tara. Like I can kind of see why she annoyed people, but I like I enjoyed it too. And I think she's a, like she was a player that you needed to have on this season. Like she made this season enjoyable, just purely on the fact that you know she's such a great character. But I think the thing that Tara, you've got to give her props for is that strategically and ultimately as a player, like she's not the smartest tool in the shed when it comes to that, but she adapts. Tara adapts and she finds ways to get into it. You know, she was the one to be like, Hey, I love Lockie, but kind of got to take him out now. Like that was my Sam argument. Like, you know, Hey, I love Lee, but kind of got to take him out now. So props to Tara. And she never gave up on that, you know, idea of trying to get rid of him. Uh, and then, you know, even sort of in the pointy end of the game, she's still a voice in kind of moving herself forward. And how many votes did she, she did get? Two, three votes in the end? Um, mm. I for sure thought it was going to be unanimous Jericho win. Uh, she got three. Yeah. So, like, props to, props to yeah. Tara for getting three votes at the end. This is freaking Tara. Everyone thought she yeah. was the biggest goat in this game. So, yeah, absolutely. I just, I, mean, I just, but, I just yeah. feel, I'll just quickly, yeah, I'll just say that I think that, you know, 12th is a very good position for her. And, like, I know she finished as a runner-up, and I know kind of that was just a bit of my thing against uh, AK there that, well, he's a pre-merge, we've got to hold that against her, uh, against him. But, like, I think that, you know, Tara to finish 12th here, I think a lot of people, again, I will repeat myself, that if we had other people on this show, Tara does not make it this far. Um, no. And to me, I've got, initially, I'm just looking at my list. For some reason, I've got her as 19th. So she's ended up seven spots higher on my list initially where I had her. So, um, yeah, Tara at but, 12th. But, but, but also that, like, you know, we again. Survivor is you got to ride your luck, and some players go get dealt a bad hand, or vice versa. And you know, you look at AK who suffered from the tribe switch, but then because he got put into a tribe with Tara, who was gunning for him, mm. said so already butted heads. But AK had voted her out. Yeah. But again, due to a switch, which. We've got to now expect with um, the way Australian Survivor is set up with 26 episodes, all that sort of stuff, that there's probably going to be some a couple of vote saves or or those people saved that had been sacrificed previously. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, Tara was very lucky. I, the one thing, I, and this is not Tara's fault, but the one thing that never came up in trouble, I don't know if it was maybe edited out, but not one jury member or not, not one question was put to her about 
um, actually being voted out of the game and, and luckily by True. chance being, um, uh, you know, staying in the game. Um, I actually, I'm a, I'm a bit, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Tara fan, but like you said, I didn't understand all the hate. There's one of our mutual friends that had said a few things about Tara that was also mentioned in a previous podcast, which I think oversteps the line. Like, you don't have to love everyone on Survivor, but you don't have to get too personal. And Tara had a really weird edit. And, again, we had discussed this previously on one of the podcasts. She had a kind of almost like a a likeable slash hero edit really early days. Then she kind of had almost like the villain-ish edits when things didn't go away or the Suki Lala kind of edit and then you kind of had that probably the, the backlash people like oh you're such a sook and you're a hypocrite blah 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 but that's survivor like people go through ebbs of ebbs and flows of emotions but you know you get to the end of it and um yeah and tara was really really likable um i didn't have an issue with her. i just think she was one that definitely was kind of lucky to be in the final two yeah, look, um, I, look it's, I think at the end of the day, like, I agree with you when you're talking about luck. And luck, I don't get people who say that luck has got nothing to do with Survivor. I mean, luck is probably 60% of strategy in Survivor, let's be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can be the most brilliant strategic person in the world and get voted out first. Um, you know, luck is a huge element to this game. Um, but, yeah, like, I think I think we're both in agreement here that Tara, you know, I think she needs more props than um than what she gets and the thing that i will say against tara and again i'm not trying to shit on ak here by going you know beating a dead horse but tara can at least acknowledge certain things that are said against her and kind of like you know like we would said about a friend of ours and kind of what was mentioned off air but at least kind of you know tara sort of approached him like hey this is not cool and then like oh, okay fair enough you know uh something that would have been maybe polite if ak had done to me and i would have talked to him with him but you know i'm not going yeah. into that again but um yeah, I think Tara, you know, this is a very good position for her, and I think a lot of people will probably, this is maybe one of these ones that people are going to go off at us for, but uh, I think 12th is a solid position for her. Why would they go off? Because she's too low She's hated. Too she's hated. Those, a lot of people would put her lower. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Casual douchebags anyway. So. Number 11, Cable. Let's give us the final one outside of the top 10, and then we get into our top 10. This is getting nerve-wracking okay. here. I'm really now. I'm really thinking top ten, top ten. All right, this is going to be controversial because I'm a real big fan of this person, a huge, huge fan. So if please, if you're upset with this decision and if it doesn't get vetoed, please, please speak to me. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> um, but. The guy that's the hunter that likes to put heads on his uh, wall, Luke Toki, has to go at eleven because oh. I know I'm. Um, uh, look, it's controversial. <laughs> I know he played an awesome game, and I I wish he had a one um, or got to at least got to the end. But I still think his gameplay was like a bit crazy, wild, and. Like we say, there's a lot of luck involved in this and that, but there was like, there was like a kind of madness to it. Like there was no rhyme or reason. It was just like, ah, no, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, and a lot of things work for him. And um, I think one of the big things that was almost going to be his downfall before he went was him and uh, Sarah going at each other, and it was only Jericho really realising that, no, we can't fight together. We have to come together for these votes to move forward. 
But otherwise, Jericho doesn't do that. Luke's gone in the next two anyway. So I don't know. I just I love Luke, but the more if you really break it all down, there's a lot of stuff. There's a there's a few misfires. There's a lot of hits, but um, you know, he got a couple of big guns out. But at the end of the day, he didn't get to the end. He didn't win the chocolates, but um, he, yeah, he wasn't. He, he's not the perfect player that maybe people perceive him to be. He's he's the perfect character, but not the perfect player. That's a very good summarization there. Okay, well, um, I'll be honest. I had him at seventh. This is eleventh, so it's within my five. Uh, I was. Is that slurpy time? A slurpy time. <laughs> 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't, we yeah. don't have 7-Elevens in Tasmania. It took me a while to get that Oh, time. okay. Um, okay. I, yeah, look, I came full circle on Luke. Uh, I was so critical of him early on, uh, hence why people refused to do interviews with me. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I can't, I'm not going to veto it just because... <sighs> It's tough because I, I think you make solid points there. I think the adaptability, though, you've got to give him huge props for kind of just the mm. way he... He's very Tony-esque in the fact that a player of that... of that What he does and how he is shouldn't go far. They should piss enough people off and be raise enough red flags that they go. But, like, him and Jericho well, were just the perfect pair. They were just so good. And, like... I think what he's going to... I've not rewatched this season. I think I, what will sell this in the season for Jericho as a winner is that so much emphasis is on Luke as a player throughout watching this the first time that you're not paying attention to Jericho. So you assume Jericho is like the pawn. Uh, well, not the pawn, or, but like the, the side person. You, no, well, you look at Luke as the Batman and he's the Robert. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But like, I feel in a rewatch when you're paying attention to Jericho and how he won the game, it's going to kind of be the opposite and you're going to kind of really like take more credit for Jericho. And I think he will go up as a winner on a rewatch. But, uh, yeah, I just think he his adaptability, the way he was able to control people and the way he was able to get people in, he was in control of this game for so long and he shouldn't have been. And then kind of even when he was like being targeted on the outs, he still was able to flip himself into it and somehow always work himself back into a majority to get himself saved. Uh, and obviously, his time ultimately ran out. Um, but, yeah, I think Jericho doesn't win this game without Luke. Um, but at the same time, if Jericho goes where Luke goes, I think Luke wins the game. So, um, look, I'm not going to veto it, uh, but I think he maybe should be a few spots higher, but I think 11th is still pretty solid. So, bye, Luke. I Wow. Yeah, oh, look, I, I didn't want to have to do it. but Character-wise, character wise, maybe the best character oh, we've ever had. And, and probably the, the, the best guy you could have, probably the number one, if we were ranking on who would you have a beer with, it'd oh, be Luke. Sure. But... But I want to try. Like, I, I this is the thing. Like, and and you're part of this as well, of course. But I like to be a survivor analyst. Is probably a better word because we can have our favourites, but you've got to be able to sit back and look at all the moves and and try and be impartial and unbiased. And I just. The bias me would have Luke in the top five, but and same with AK, I'd have him a lot of hope. I mean, if you're going on good blokes and 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 being biased, you'd probably have Luke in your top five. But I mean, I just can't. Some of his game, while there was a lot of good luck involved and good moves, I still think there was a lot of randomness to it that kind of wasn't necessarily the greatest strategy and the fact that he wanted to be in control, which is a great thing in Survivor, but 
I think even though some of his moves paid off, there was still too much of a uh, spontaneous kind of randomness to some of the stuff that was uh, very risky that, uh, yeah, I just can't put him too much higher. No, I, I, yeah. And I think we've, we're solidly sold in there. But, Luke, you're a great guy, and I apologize once again for calling you dickhead. But as you kind of came on the show, you were fine with it. <laughs> so, yeah, if only everyone was like that way. Anyway, we're about to get into our top ten. I feel I'm just going to summarize the last five spots because this has been uh, a terrible round. Six spots, I'll say. A terrible, terrible uh, round for our season four people uh, because basically... Uh, six of the last seven people that have gone have been from season four. We've only got two season four people left now. So the last six that went, uh, Phoebe from season three, Phoebe Timmons. Uh, then we had Peter Conte from season four, Sarah Tillake from season four, AK from season four, Tara Pitt from season four, Luke Toki from season four. So as we enter the top ten, uh, we are spread even at 33 males and females apiece. So five, we're going to have five males and five females in the top five, top ten, I should say. That's great. And our top 10 will be made of three Season 1 players, two Season 2 players, three Season 3 players, and two Season 4 players. Kind of interesting, that, Cable, because obviously, for a large portion, it seemed as though our Season 4 season was going to be overall the highest percentage, and a lot of people argue the most strategic season. But I find it... I like the fact that we're going to have three Season 1 players in our top 10. I'm very proud of that aspect. Um, So, there you go. Anyway, let's get into the top 10. I'm not going to put up someone from season one. I'm going to put up one of the wow. three remaining people from season three. No. Yeah, okay. And it's going to be Lee Carsadine. Um I love Lee. I'm a Lee fanboy. I'm a Lee defender, and I'm glad he's made the top ten. Again, I feel as though other people, other shows would rank him lower. Uh, I think... Lee really needs, like, what I was defending with L is the fact that, you know, he was just so good in, in holding people together. He was kind of like the, the glue of the entire alliance that moved forward. You know, everybody kind of should have been targeting this guy. He's physical. He's, you know, social. He's, he's well-liked. He's strategic. Like, and people say he didn't have strategy. Just, he does have strategy. He's helping make moves. Like, people are coming to him. They're talking about it. Like, just because you're not the one initiating the entire move, you're still involved in a move if you're kind of in the conversation of it. Um, so I think that's kind of important. And I think that kind of the whole Sam stuff, when that kind of played out and, you know, Sam was going against him, he kind of really started to, like, irk up. And him and L just as a duo... And again, going back to my Boston Roll argument, that you've got to give them props for both lasting that far in this game. And, you know, ultimately, when you get to the end, and, you know, he's obviously strong physically, uh, you know, so that's obviously going to work in his favour. And I, I really felt that when it came sort of to the end that, you know, obviously, if he had have won immunity, he obviously would have taken uh, L. And it would have been, I think it would have been very similar, like a Rob Amber style thing that would have come down to one vote. Um, but I just, I just think Lee just deserves so much credit for somebody too that really I don't think knew this game very well. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Did he apply? Was he recruited? I'm not sure how it worked. I mean, he's a professional athlete. He kind of kept the trend of the, the pro athlete, at least in the first three seasons, making it to the final two. Um, you know, Ziggy kind of broke that trend, obviously, in season four, but, uh, still, you know, good track record. 
Uh, and look, I'm not being disrespectful here to cricket players. I mean, cricket's not exactly the most physical sport on the planet. So, you know, like out of the three sort of pro athletes that went this far between an Ironman and an Australian rules footballer, um, you know, cricket is going to be the least physical of those three. But still, you know, there are obviously physical elements and still Lee would kick my ass in any physical activity. And the guy's a fucking tank. He's pretty ripped. (laughs) He's a tank. Like this guy is just like, holy crap, I'm talking about grating cheese and rolling before. Like, Jesus, give me whole fucking Mersey Valley farms on Lee. Jesus. And he's hilarious. Can I just say, like, I loved during season four just ripping shit into the guy on Twitter for the fucking car ads. Like, all right, Lee, I'll buy a Holden. Um, but, like, he just loved it. He just, like, went along with it. And he's hilarious. And he's so good on social media. Him and Elle are just so much fun to follow on social media. Uh, but I love Lee. I just, again, I'm not really saying anything negative about him. This is really the point where we're not going to say anything negative about them. I just feel there are nine better players than Lee overall in Australian Survivor, and that's why I have to put him at 10th. Okay. Okay. Do you disagree, agree? You're just going to leave this? or nah, No, no, I'm leaving it. Okay. See you, Lee. We love you, Lee. Good bloke, Lee. Well, I mean, look, we're trying not to listen to, I guess, interviews after the game and stuff, but... From all admissions, um, he would have if if he had a one or Al had a won that final uh, immunity instead of Chrissy, those two would have been the end. And he still probably, by all accounts, wasn't going to beat Al. So um, yeah, I think this is fair enough for him. Hmm. Alrighty, number nine. Number nine. Wow, there's someone, I think, from season four that I should put up. But I'm actually going to go to season two, and I think you're going to defend this person, to be honest. Depends on which one you put up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're going to defend this person. Oh, geez. Maybe I'll just change it to the other person because I know you're not going to defend them. I'm going to put up. The Iron Man, Guy Leach. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not defending that. Um, he was... I've actually got him 10th on my list. Um, yeah. And... Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it. It's no point. Look... We've been going long enough that... I, I'm glad... I mean... Go ahead, sorry. Well, look, at the end of the day, I mean, you've only got to play the game by the rules and it's not necessarily his fault that the rules got him back in the game and then he was able to go on a win, but... Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's just, um, don't rate that as highly as someone that's gone right through pretty much. And look, I, I I'm glad he made the top ten because again, I keep repeating myself, repeating myself. But other shows would have had him out of the top ten, twenty, and rating low. And he is out of the four winners. He is the I don't say the worst, but he's if you rank the four winners of Australian Survivor, he's number four. Um, uh, and like, but I think we need to give him credit because Guy Leach to me was very much like a Tom Westman in that everyone was drawn to him. He was kind of, and like, it's interesting. The first two winners of Australian Survivor are very much like a Tom Westman in a way that they're kind of on paper should win the game. Uh, everyone's drawn to them. They're actually quite adapted strategy. They're physically strong. They're socially strong. Um, and they're just, there's, there's nothing really negative you can say about Guy Leach. The one negative though is he was voted out of the game. Uh, and then he was brought back in. But I will give Guy Leach props to when he was brought back in the game that, you know, he was the one kind of trying to work with David and trying to make things move. But then he was the one who really saw the threat of David and took David out. So, and that, I think, really helped him towards the end. 
Um, and I feel that, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's a weird win. It's a weird end of the game because the final two were both voted out. They were both brought in at, you know, when there was only three people left, it's just a dumb way to put them in. And had they brought them back in at like the final 10, final eight, I know there's only 12 people in the game, but you know, if there were more people, I don't think he would have won. So, um, you know, th- we're talking about twists here. We're talking about, like, you know, luck. He got the biggest luck ever in Survivor, you'd almost argue, to get brought back in when there's only three people left. Uh, and basically, when you look at the numbers on paper, as soon as you get rid of David, he's basically all but guaranteed to be in that final couple. So, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad he's made it this far. I'm, I'm thoroughly thrilled, thoroughly thrilled that he has made the top ten. But uh, he was on my list. I've got him at tenth. This is ninth. So I think that's solid. So our first winner's off the list. Thanks, Guy mm. Leach. Thanks for being an Iron Man. Um, all right, let's go number eight. And I absolutely love this woman. Um, she is just beyond amazing. She's stunningly, attractively beautiful. Uh, but, like, we talk about someone like Phoebe who kind of ticks all the boxes of being beautiful, of being social, of being smart, like being all that sort of elements, and you're drawn to them. Uh, what can you say about Flick? I mean, she just is just ticks all the boxes and then some. And her strategic game, holy crap, like, I'm sad I didn't get to watch her live because I was just entranced by her at the end. And she just tried everything under the sun to get, you know, right towards the end. And I just applaud her so well for that. Uh, again, I'm going to say this. She could win this game. She should come back. And, you know, there will be a weird sort of, I don't say weird, but, like, you've got to give props to Christy for kind of seeing the, the, the threat that Flick's kind of do because Flick wins this game if she's at the end. So um, love Flick to bits. Love her so much. Um, just so many positive things I can say about her. And uh, I would probably go out on a limb and say the most attractive Australian survivor player ever to have played a game. Okay. That's <laughs> a lot to deal with. Um, Besides Rowan and Lee, because they've both got amazing bodies well, that we want a great cheese on. <laughs> you do. No, I'm trying I'm to be really... equal. It's 2018, people. No, but you... Oh, yeah, no, I'm not, I don't want to be equal partners in that relationship. <laughs> um yeah, Flick, um, yeah, I agree with most of what you said. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that spot. I actually thought you were going down a different path, to be honest. I thought you might be going for someone else that finished in the same position in Season 4. But, um, yeah, I think the one downfall for Flick was having the heart-to-heart with Al, which blew up. Um, I think, and 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 the votes might have still gone the same way, but I think Flick needed to keep that on the download with Christie. Um, and having said that, I'm oh, look, I don't know, I, I I haven't listened to every sort of um, exit interview, but I don't know how many people actually would have voted for Flick at the end, depending on who she was with. So. I'm not disagreeing with everything. Oh, sorry. I'm sort of uh, kind of disagreeing a little bit with some of the things you said, but um, most of it I agree with. So, yeah. You can use your last veto if you want. I mean. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. All right. Final seven, baby. Here we go. Yeah. And let's quickly point out we're down to one player left from season two and season three each. Season two, season three. Wow. Season two and season three each have one player left from that season. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. And season three, will, uh, season two, sorry, will officially have a non-winner finish higher than the winner. Yeah, well, that's hard. All right, okay. Well, Let's do on. it. Give me your seventh. Oh, so that's my go. Yes, it's um, you. Come on. <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, I'm going to say this girl was a non-entity at the start. And... Only when she had to fight for her life in a tribal council did she start to come alive in the edit. And then she did it again. And the way she spoke and the way she can convey stuff in a confessional, she's narratively very good storyteller, I feel. And she was very good at, I think, making good decisions or at least reading people and having good conversations. And became such a threat at the end that they had to take her out. So I'm putting up Michelle Dugan or Duggan. Oh, that was not where I thought you were going. So- <laughs> I've literally just put somebody in the position to lock it in where I thought you were going, and I was completely wrong. Um, <laughs> let me just quickly fix my uh, <laughs> my wow, stats that, here. Geez, I was so I really certain you were that. going a certain direction there. That uh, I legitimately did not believe that you were going for who I thought. So, uh, interesting. All right, hang on a sec. I've fixed that up. Okay. Uh, where are we at? What are we at? We're at number seven. I have Michelle at fifth. So, um, it's only two spots away. Uh, look, I was not a Michelle fan at all. Could not stand her early on in the game. Because, um, you know, let's be honest, Michelle. Michelle's happy that we're talking about it because Michelle loves to talk about herself. Uh, but I, I fucking love Michelle. Like, I just grew such a fan of hers. She played such a strong game. I mean, you sold her so well there. I think that she was able to just, like, work herself into so many positions again, but, like, where she just didn't deserve to. Like, she was on the outs, and like, the whole situation with Ben and just speaking the way she did. Like, who does that? Who is on a trial where you're, what, you're one of the two bottom people, and you basically go from being there to almost being at the top? Like, she was just so good. Um, and she would have won this game. Like, she would have, but uh, she was finally considered a threat, and bye-bye, Michelle. So, um... Yeah, I'd have a two spots higher, but again, I'm not going to waste a veto on it. I know I've got two left, but I'm being strategic here. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that she will be the highest non-winner of this season. So, yes, that's Michelle. Um, so, that's still me then, isn't it? Uh, so, we've officially gone through 70 people, folks. The final six, can I just say... Uh, we're still even. Three males, three females left to go, uh, which is incredibly fascinating. And if with six people to go, why am I looking at that wrong, Ben? What am I doing here? So we have officially one player left from season four, one player left from season three, one player left from season two, three people left from season one. I want to give you a massive fist bump right now, Cable Brandon. We are like, people are going to get pissed at us because like, how are you having season one people so high up? We will defend these people, all right? I already know. I already know people are getting pissed. Like, what the fuck? But this is where you need to establish that season one is important in Australian Survivor history. Well, I was going to say, I reckon there's season three people and season four people are like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. This but it is- happened. It happened, people. Trust me. I've got the fucking book. <laughs> this is the person I thought you were putting up. 
Uh, but I'm going to put them up now because I've got them ninth on my list, but they're going to be sixth, and I think I would have got ripped a new one if they were ninth. Uh, I'm going to put up our second winner here. Um, this person was a non-entity early on in the game. We didn't see her for large portions of the game, but then we did. She was kind of there, but then she kind of just went invisible for such portions of the game, and she just was on the end. She was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm here. Um, but then ultimately when she came into it, I think she was, uh, was it the Sue vote? She was the one that ultimately got Sue gone. There was one vote I know she played a huge part in, but then she kind of went back to being in the background again while the M group did their thing and fell apart around her, which I kind of got to give her props for. She bided her time. She strategically waited and it worked out for her. One thing that I have to say I am quite annoyed, annoys me about her game in some aspects, but also it's very intelligent in many aspects. The, and maybe this is a detriment when I said we don't really have anything to say of negative about Lee. I should backtrack and say, well, I think it's Lee's stupidity to believe her. Um, was her crying at the final trial, like, please, Lee, this means so much to me. Please take me. Like, it annoyed me. It really annoyed me. And maybe it annoys me more that Lee fell for it. Um, and I'm not trying to be mean here to Chrissy. I, I, I like Chris. Did he actually fall for it though? Literally? I don't think he literally fell for it though. Well, I mean, there was elements there surely that he did, but, um, I mean, I, I like her as a character. I like her as a person. I think I'm weirdly attracted to her. Is that a weird thing to be attracted to her? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Chrissy, I don't know where I go with this. Why do I need to say that? Um, but I think, that we you cannot take away from her. She she told Herzog the final tribal council like holy crap balls. Like where did that come from? Um, and that just that yeah. one of the game. So like, and I I, I have to give her props for that just because how good she was. Um, but even before the tribal, like that actual final challenge, no one in like if you said you had to put your your money or your house on who's going to win that final tribal, yeah. no one's putting any money on Christy. They're like. Well, we'll go each way on Lee and Al. Like, there's no way anyone's going to say Agreed. she's going to stand up there for six hours. You so, saw the, the shocked people on the jury when they saw her walking. Yeah, in, how shocked they were. Well, yeah. but but they can be shocked, but they didn't see like what we saw at the time. Though, well, I mean, they would have seen it or heard about it. But to to envisage her live her dream, like you said, like that her dad was there, all the families were there, but the dad was there. She was what she was doing a, a, a challenge that. Richard Hatch, Kelly Wigglesworth, and uh, Rudy, Rudy did in season one when she started watching the show and loving the show. For her to be, actually do it and defeat two people that really, in a lot of ways, she was like the wimpy little kid, and they were the two titans, the physical like people. Like that's just amazing. Like it was the best ending to a, a Survivor series I've ever well probably one of the best I just agree with that because, but anyway that's yeah <laughs> no but that no but that challenge because she was such the underdog in that moment no and, I agree with that yeah and as a fan you can't not say that's awesome like that's like really at the end of the day you know, and, and well not don't want to disrespect you but that's like you or me winning that challenge because we're huge fans and love the show against two other you know just ripped people that are super fit and that like no and i agree i think i think my the reason why i'm maybe not as high up as some people because like again i never watched this live i saw it like yeah, you know, okay. a year later and like so many people just talked it up so much how amazing it was and i think maybe it's one of these ones you have to watch live to really get it because like i obviously knew the result so maybe to me it wasn't as big okay. of a deal and it kind of i think 
to me, it did seem just overly dramatic the way it was edited and that sort of stuff. And I get what they were trying to do, but it just, there was just elements. Like, I hated that final tribal council where they had fucking fireworks at the final tribal council when he read the votes. I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I agree. I, I, I kind of think it's cool to have the family there to celebrate with him, but I, I kind of didn't like the live. And that's how the spoilers got out that she'd won. And because I was actually spoiled halfway through the season. So it was kind of the way I viewed the series was a little bit skewed because mm-hmm. I was, again, spoiled by good old sports bet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, we've I, I think the question here is are you going to veto yeah. this or not? I think I will. I actually will because I think she probably – I hear what you're saying and I think the edit showed us she wasn't a massive, uh, I guess, strategic force or strategic threat, I mean a physical threat, but that's what the game is in for 55 days with 24 players. Sometimes it's just sitting back and letting other people have the fireworks and let them go toe-to-toe and – just you be part, yeah, you know, a bit like the Sandra strategy. Anyone but me, like just sit in the background, just go along with what's happening. Um, okay. she did, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm going to veto it because I think she deserves to be that fraction higher. Well, the positive nature for me is the fact that you're out of vetoes now, so no matter where I put her next, she's done. Um, but, um, That's what the game's about, man. <laughs> But again, I, I had her at uh, ninth on my initial list anyway. So oh wow, yeah. Um, but all right, Christy saved. Uh, so that means that if I have to go in order of my list, I have to put up uh, season one. Uh, love this woman, love it a bit. She's a player that really should not have gone this far. Um, but she's such a great character. She's just fun. She just was Rob's bestie. And, like, it's just a d- dynamic duo. She's got a name that I never can pronounce properly. Um, and, like, this is a woman who I'd just love to find out what she's doing now. I think last time I heard she was a counsellor in Western Australia. But, um, you know, through the ones we had in the show, they hadn't heard from her in a long time. But uh, Shonya was just entertaining. She was strategic. Uh, she was savvy in terms of the players. Like, she, she worked this game out. She could just analysing so well, and her and Rob just worked perfectly together. It was like a Colby-Tina kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, and this is the thing, like, for somebody who really should piss a lot of people off, she didn't piss as many people off as I think people ultimately, you know, think she would have. So I think that's such props. I'm so glad she's going to make it this far on this list. I mean, I've got her at six on my list, so this is actually ultimately the position where I had her anyway. So, um, yeah, props to Shona. And this is, again, we're going to say this with all three players who are left here from Season 1. If you're having no clue what we're talking about, this is where go and watch Season 1 again on YouTube. And like you just said about Season 3 being the best ending, to me the finale of Season 1 of Australian Survivor is a top five of all survivors I've ever seen. It is just, there's nothing wrong with the finale and the reunion. It's almost a perfect finale and reunion. And it's just mm. so in, so captivating. Um, I think, I, I think why it works and, and I don't know if I already said this during this podcast, but I was watching it. I found my old VHS copy of the finale and actually watched it on the VHS today or last night and slash today before we came on, on to do this podcast. And, that's the thing. It's like it's such it's bagged as a season so often, but if you watch it, it's one of the most emotional mm-hmm. finales you'll ever like, where the players are emotionally 
spent uh, having a go at each other, you know, whatever. And it is. It's just it's gripping television. And for it to constantly get slagged on, I, I think it's just rubbish. Like, um, yeah, it's. It, I think it's, it's sad. I think it's a very sad thing, but it's uh, – what can you? You can't make people watch something that they're not interested in, or they. Well, people they watch Modern pre- Family. I mean, wow, yeah. <laughs> people watch Grey's Anatomy. That's still in there. Um, do yeah. you have anything to say about Shonya at all? No, I agree with everything you said. I, I, I sort of thought maybe for a runner-up. I'm not, I'm not crapping on her at all, but I was kind of like, oh, that's why I sort of thought I have to veto Christy. I think Christy's. You got to give Christy a better win than Sonia, but okay. Shonya, yep. Shonya, whatever her name is, Shonya Brown, love it a bit. Love you, Shonya. If you ever just find this episode, establish this episode, uh, just come on the show. You can just talk about anything. You don't have to talk about Survivor. Fucking, I don't know. Talk about the weather. Um, but you're, just, you're great. Uh, all right, over to you. The top five. Top five, baby. Well, this guy's been on the list long enough, and I know you love him, and you'll probably use a veto for him, you motherfucker. Um. But he was he was fantastic strategically. Um, I rewatched this season recently, and he was also on another reality show this year, last which year. again, um, <laughs> no, last year, two thousand seventeen. Sorry, um, and I understand why he's in politics now because he's just very good with people and talking and talking through the situation and the the pros and the cons and everything. But David Oldfield was fantastic in uh, Celebrity Survivor. Um, yeah, for a fifth-place finisher in a celebrity season, we've got him pretty high. But, um, yeah, I, we obviously both rate his performance in that game. Um, and if, you know, twists aside or whatever, he probably potentially wins that season. So, uh, David Oldfield it is. And veto it is. Um, I mean, I've got two left, so I have to use one. Um, I mean, I don't have to. No, we, we don't have to. But we're, no, but we're, okay, we're... like okay, this is my my viewpoint. I've I've had my 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 rule of ten. I've had okay. my rule of five. I'm in my top five now. I've got him at fourth on my list, so I know right. that a veto here will save him at least position, and he'll have to go third. So um, I just I just really want to talk him up because he like. Everything you said, like, he's, this is a politician. Can we just establish the fact this is a politician from maybe the most hated political party in Australia? Yes. I, yes he is yes. from One Nation, which is just Pauline Hanson, just they're hated, they're despised. And Pauline Hanson, hated, despised. The fact that he automatically is not targeted as a fuck, this is a politician, A, and B, he's from that party. And Dico just spent the whole time basically baiting everyone. Oh, you're a yes. politician, David. You're used to being a bit of a snake. Like, yeah. I, I swear, like, he just played off that. This guy was so intelligent. He controlled this game. And this guy, how old was he when he played this? Like, he's got to be in his 40s or 50s, 50s, you know, easily. Yeah. And he yeah. won immunities. He was a physical beast. Uh, you know, he's on a season with fucking uh, Iron Man and, and SAS soldiers. You know, he's this geeky, nerdy-looking guy. Um, and he just controlled everything. He, he like, manipulated people. He used strategy left, right, and center. And this is the, the most unique thing is, and I don't kind of want to necessarily play out of this in terms of outside of the game, which I know I'm kind of breaking the rule here. 
I've, we're trying to get him on the show. I've kind of had a few conversations with him and it just hasn't sadly happened. But he sent me in one of the email conversations, he basically told me he'd never seen the game before. And he basically used the tools of analyzing what was going on around him to basically adapt to playing this game. So, like, I just think that even that in itself just adds to how good this guy is. This guy, would he should have won this season. If it wasn't for dumb twist that brings back two people at the final 3-5, you know, he was just manipulating everyone to go to the end. And if he had won this game, I maybe would put him at number one best player of all time in Australian Survivor. Um, and I think the fact that even, yes, I know it's a celebrity version. Yes, he's a celebrity, but like that to me just adds props to it because these celebrities shouldn't be playing the game like that. They're celebrities. They don't give a shit. Um, so yeah, I, I will veto this cause I know this means he'll finish at least third. <laughs> um, but so... having said that you might put someone up next and I have to use my last veto on. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's, he's in my top four. And I'm going to get him in my top four. So, yeah, veto. Wow. There you go. Uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, by the way, he was born in 1958, by the way. So he was uh, 47 so, uh, at the time of recording. I'm just looking at it. Yeah, there you go. Um Um, you've only got I mean you can put Christy up again but you've only got you've got four people to choose from here mm. and I will tell you I definitely will veto two of them (laughs) I will put up I'll actually just let Christy slide at that spot so you're going to put Christy up yep okay interesting because that probably means I will put David up next so um, good strategic play there, Cable. Well done. I like what you did there. Um, yeah, I talked about it. I put her up initially a couple of spots ago, but, um, again, I had her at nine on my list, so she's made four spots higher than I would have put her, but that's just me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with this. I mean, I would, again, I had her earlier, but, yeah. I mean, that, that raises season three off the board. That's done. <laughs> did you, did you realise that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All righty. Okay. Uh, so I'll leave with the hate. Stay to play with four spots to go. I've still got a veto left. <laughs> uh, but season three is done. We're off the board with season three. So bye-bye season three. Uh, look, I- I'll have to do it because, you know, I just said he's number the fourth best on my list. So I'll, I'll put up David Oldfield now um, because I can't move my top three. So, um, yeah, David Oldfield. I just I just defended him. You've probably got nothing else really to say on the guy. But, nope. um, yeah, all right. Done. Cleared it off. We're into our top three now. Uh, <laughs> and that brings it to you. And remember, I've got a veto here, so I can be very strategic. I love this game. Oh, by the way, season two is done. Season We're out of season two now. So, thanks, season two. Uh, I, I, I got a feeling which way you're going to go. So... The dangerous thing, though, is if you played this right, I could use my veto, then you could just use my next person, and then I'll be like, holy crap, I just waste, you know, like, mm. <laughs> Um. It just seems for, like, uh, look, at the end of the day, it's just, day, it's your list and my list together and a little bit of fun and a bit of strategy in it, and it's just uh, totally our opinions. So it really doesn't mean anything, but I guess 
in my head, I'm thinking if we keep Katie Gold to the top two and she finished fourth, people are like, what the fuck? Um, if I put up Katie, you're going to veto it, aren't you? Yeah, the difficult thing is if you put up Katie and I veto it, you could then put up the next person who then is going to be my number one pick. Then I'm going to put up my number three pick at number two, which then means that Katie potentially could finish this at number one. <laughs> so do I be a dick? Because like, ultimately, this is my last opportunity to veto. I've got one left because I'm ultimately going to decide who's going to be number one because I get the 50-50 split at number two. So right. this is where I've got an element like... If you put up Katie... Look, I'll be honest with you right now. I've got Katie at number two on my list. I will, well, there you go. She's at number two on my well, list. But the thing is, if I veto this, you could put my number three up... Uh, number one up, and then I've got no choice. And, yeah. I think you know uh, who my number one is. Yeah. But you could be um, a dick here strategically. And I shouldn't have told you that because maybe you didn't work that out. Yeah. <laughs> you just did a Tarzan and just told me too much. Um... No, I'm going to go pick three. I'm actually going to go for the winner of season four, Jericho. Uh, which is my number three. So you did well there. <laughs> I talked myself into getting my top three on this list. Actually, my top four is... The top four on this list will be my top four that I put, so I'm happy with that. Uh. Um so yeah, look, I have him at my number three. Um, and look, I'll, I'll say this when it comes to to Katie and Rob, that's going to be our top three there. Um, Jericho is the weirdest winner in the history of Survivor in the fact that how the hell did a guy like Jericho win? But like, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I loved watching this guy play. And I really want to rewatch this season so I can appreciate him more. He is just a laugh a minute. He's so hard to analyse. He's just so hard to read. Like, one minute you're mm. thinking he's the dumbest player around, next you think he's the most intelligent player around. And this is where, like, it just, it's such a unique win. Um, but I think, kind of, if we're rating this on the scale that we're doing this at, and people will go off at us for having two season one players in the top two, but I think we've got strong defences for both of them. So, Jericho is an amazing player of this game. It's so crazy that he won. Um, he's just like a big kid, which is just so fun to watch. And, you know, he's up there with like a Tony of somebody who not only is so entertaining and over the top as a player, but he's actually an incredibly intelligent player and should get the the props that they thoroughly deserve. So, um, yeah, he's to me the third best player of Australian Survivor history. Um, which is just crazy to think if you think pre-game and watching this game that he would ever be this high. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm very I'm I'm happy with Jericho at third, just because again that was where I had him. But also I think that's a solid position for him. I I, I would agree with you. I I actually like Jericho from the get go. Um, but again, he, uh, look again. This is the 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 uh, well, I don't know positive or negative of having such a long season is you do potentially get it ebbs and flows with some players. And Jericho did come across almost as the funny little sidekick of Luke for a lot of it and with the cookies and all that sort of stuff and just didn't seem to be too much of a strategic entity, almost like Luke's second vote. And then then there was parts where, oh, I actually, he's got some strategic chops. He's making some decisions. He's getting some stuff happening. But even then, like, getting to the end against Tara, you think, 
this should be a slam dunk, you know, how many, how many actual jury votes were there? So it should be like a, a 10-0 kind of win, and he doesn't convincingly beat Tara by any stretch. So, um, yeah, that's why I sort of find it hard to rank him as well because I think uh, he didn't do it too easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with that, I mean, look, everyone has to have their, their people. You have to have the one good person you trust. I think we've heard that from a, a lot of survivors. Um, and you have to have a good alliance that you can trust a, a few people and, and to move you forward. You can't just do it by yourself. But I think it is still a big, again, what the edit showed us is a big reliance on Luke. So without Luke, he doesn't get nowhere. So, um, yeah. Agree. Bye, Jericho. Bye, season four. Uh, which leads us to our top two, and um, and everyone's going to say this is totally rigged. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> swear, not rigged. And um, I think we, I think that we kind of are using strategy in many ways here. So I'm actually going to end this with a veto still in hand. Um, but yeah, so I basically get the final say here. Uh, we've got two players left on the board. Obviously, we have Katie Gold and Rob Dixon, both from season one. So, uh, Katie will be number two for me, uh, where I initially ranked her. Now, again, everybody needs to go back and watch season one. I know I keep saying that, but, like, Jerry Manthe is often regarded as the original villainess of reality TV. Katie Gold shits all over Jerry when it comes to being a villainess. Um, just the the way that Rob, Katie, and Shonya worked, and I know Joel's in there too, but I think that we've already gone over Joel's sort of negatives there and we've talked up showing you. But I think the, the element of Katie and Rob, which is so underrated, is the fact that you've got a big generational gap between these two, but they just worked as like father and daughter. Like they just worked so good together. And it was just, they, but the thing is the way they did it, it's not like they were a couple and people could see them. They kind of would have a brief little meeting and then they'd go off and control their minions. And they basically just, the way they were able to do it and just watch the early parts of season one and see how good Katie is from the get-go. Katie is just so incredible the way she can talk to people and get them to listen to her and work with her and just the way that they listen to her and no one's ever perceived her as a threat ever. It's only at the end when kind of Katie's discovered there's this back backroom deal with Joel to kind of help them get to the end and Katie's not a part of that, that's when shit hits the fan. And just, you know, Rob, this will go down to Rob, and I guess I'll lump Rob here at the same time. Oh, no, I'll talk about him when you bring him up because obviously you've got to put him at number one. But, um, you know, I think that kind of Katie just, the way that affected her, like, if that had happened earlier, she easily would have been voted out, like, a lot earlier, and you kind of would take that away from her game. But, again, different period of Survivor when this is more of an emotional sort of friendship game than it is a strategic game. But having said that, Season 1 has so much strategy in it compared to what people should really be, you know, viewing at it. Um, That last episode, we've already talked about it, but just... That stuff between her and Rob is like, holy crap, you cannot take your eyes off it. You know, you're literally watching Katie scream at this guy, you're dumb as dog shit, you know, like, <laughs> how dare you, just like going but off. Even that, like, yeah, I mean, even I, like I was saying, I was re-watching it, and it's like, it's so amazing, like, she's obviously so gutted that Rob has gone by on her back or betrayed her, so she... After Tribal, when Sophie gets voted out, she just absolutely gives it to him yep. and swears and stuff and this and that and calls him pretty much everything under the sun. Then the next day, she probably reflects, whatever, and she goes to apologise and they're all sitting down. She apologises in front of everyone. But then when Rob sort of says, oh, no, thanks for the blah, 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 or whatever, but this is not how it happened, whatever, then it starts up again. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Then, I mean, um, and then obviously then the deal gets mentioned with her and Sonia because uh, Katie's trying to save her ass and then obviously sparks between those two flies. So, um, You can't take your eyes away from it. It's just incredible. And, like, everyone's crying. Like, Sonia, I don't think, cries. But Rob's crying. Rob's, like, affected by this and everything. And, like, the most iconic moment, of course... And I love the way this was edited because just the way the camera follows her, like they don't edit away and just see her straight away. Like the camera's like, it's almost like a Blair Witch thing. The way that sort of, she's just running off. She's so emotionally wrecked. She can't believe it. She's just gone off the deep end. And so the camera's like chasing, like where's she going? Where's she going? And then of course the, you know, the famous confessional where she's just like, I'm done. I'm done. Maybe I could kill one of them. Like yeah. it's just the way she just does it like it's like oh my god and like again just one thing i want to say in terms of again i'm not uh, putting this into my rankings you know i would be talking this highly of her if i've never interviewed her when i interviewed her she'd never watched the, the show since so basically she told me like oh okay i'll gladly come on the show to help you recap uh this season but tell me which ones i need to watch so that like she what i can't remember what episodes it was she watched like two or three with me and yeah. then just the way she was able to pick up so quickly on having not watched this show in like how many years and then straight away watching this and just picking up on strategy and elements and giving ideas and that she's just so intelligent with this game. Um, and like she would like, she would win any, she could win any US season. I'm going to put that out there. She's just such a great player of this game. And this is why, again, our top two are season one players and just watch season one, people, please go back and see how good she is in this game. She's so ahead of her time. I can say that with Katie and so is Rob. Mm. They're both so ahead of their time. And this is going to be the biggest travesty in Australian Survivor when we get an all-star season one day that she will not even be in the conversation of coming back. And if I was a Survivor person looking at Australian Survivor contestants to come back, she, like, on gameplay and strategic ability alone and villainous alone, uh, she is my number one pick. Hands down. Uh, I agree with all that too. Um, There's so much you can say about Katie. It's uh, ridiculous. Um Lover. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even the deal. Like, I mean, people. I mean, again, people that are listening. If you've got this far into the, the list and want to listen to us, and you're probably thinking, how can someone from season one finish fourth, be the second best player in front of three other winners and stuff? Um, yeah, look, it's not always necessarily that everyone goes in a list in uh, order they're voted out, but Katie, in so many ways, I mean, she wins an immunity towards the end. She goes to the final three or the final two. And she was so instrumental in geeing up her tribe and strategizing even during the challenges or motivating their players because that's what she was. She was a professional athlete. She really helped her tribe, I think, get to a position of, of power going into the merge to start off with to have the numbers. But if it wasn't for Rob and Sonia doing a deal with Joel, to lock up the final three. The reason they did that was because they knew Katie was a threat to win it all. So that's how much of a threat she was, that they had to get Joel to come in to pretty much consolidate that three and kind of block Katie from getting to the final two. And that's why Rob will be number uh, one on this too, because Rob was just genius in what he did with that whole situation. Yeah. Absolutely, but that's why I'm trying to even talk up Katie even more, is that, that you know, the, that whole deal... Um, was purely because I think Sonia and Rob were so scared that Katie's going to get through yeah. and get to the end, and she's going to beat either one of us or vice versa. Um, 
there was that obviously that huge fear. So like we've got to take her out. So we need a, a plan B and a plan C to make sure that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Katie's Katie's fantastic, and uh, yeah, it's uh, said uh, you've said it enough, but that uh, final episode's amazing. So good, and even the reunion is fantastic too. So um, thoroughly worth a watch. Bring us to number mean- one. I guess yep. you, 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 we know who it is, uh, but I guess we can need to talk a little bit about Rob. Uh, Robert Rob Dixon, winner of season one of Australian Survivor, sadly no longer with us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, he's just, I, I hands down think he was straight away number one on my list. I don't know if you kind of changed your mind throughout this or you always assumed he was nah. going to be number one on your list. But, uh, yeah, Rob. Yeah, I, I don't even know when you asked me to do this, whether season four had finished or not, but... Um... Yeah, I always had Rob pretty much number one. I mean, I don't think there was any arguments with that. Um, yeah. Um, Rob was fantastic. I think Rob did come in a bit like a Richard Hatch, like really. I think everyone did come to play uh, per se, but I think the whole just uh, whether manipulation, just being deceptive or whatever it was that you know Rob sort of did, I think Rob just came in with a, you know, had to win attitude, you know, no excuses. I've got to go home with the, the half a million dollars um, and did what he needed to do. And I think he's a good social kind of person anyway um, and, and coming from a sporting background, I just think he just won a lot of people over and people trusted him and and believed him or felt they were in with him. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, Katie believed she had a final two deal with him, which is not necessarily 100% she offered it to him he just said yes but uh you know Sophie believed she was going to the end with Rob Sonia believed she was going to the end with Rob like there was a few people that really thought they were going to the end with Rob so um it was almost not quite as lethal as Brian Heidi but it was a similar sort of game in that so many people believed that Rob was going to take him to the end Mm. um yeah Sorry, I thought I interrupted you. No, no, go, go. I, I, like, I, nothing I can disagree with there. And I think kind of, I think Rob's kind of got a bit of so many winners in him. If we're looking at the US one, yeah, there's a bit of Brian about him. There's a bit of Hatch about him. There's definitely a lot of Tom Westman about him. Uh, I remember to this day reading the Herald Sun, basically just before the season started. And, uh, you know, they had kind of like a, a colored checklist thing, which I had in my like high school diary at the time. And uh, he was the clear favorite to win the game. Um, and the thing though that I think is, is interesting about Rob is that, that yeah, he's a clear favorite on paper, uh, but like he just, yeah, like strategically, just the way he manipulated people and worked them around him, you know, making that deal with Joel, you know, even the way he sort of controlled, uh, you know, Kadena, the way they sort of came through there as well. So I just think that it's, it's just so clever the what he did with it, you know, keeping sh- showing you on board, you know, making sure that people, you know, like, um, uh, uh, I've got the name Jane, like on side, you know, even when people weren't like disliking her, you know, still talking to like Lance and that and the way he worked with Lance. And I kind of defended that with Lance earlier on as well. You know, there really was no one who kind of was against him. It was only kind of when, you know, Kadena came into it that they, you know, obviously, oh, this is the threat. We're going to target these people. But even then, kind of, who was turning against Rob when it came down to having to turn against themselves? So just so good. So amazingly good. 
Um, I'm so sad that he is no longer with us on so many levels. I would have loved to interview him and met him, and I'm jealous of you that yeah. you said you got the chance to meet him a couple of times. But just as such a, yeah. like, it's not even, you know, within sort of that. Like, I mean, you got to look at kind of just how it emotionally affected him, you know, in terms of the Katie stuff. Like, he's crying. Obviously, you know, he, he went out there to win this game for his wife because they just had a baby at the time, or she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just kind of things like that that went along with it. So, just so much. There's really nothing negative you can say about Rob's game. There's just I just can't think of one negative to say against Rob. So, yeah, um, and, so good. And yeah, I, like like I said, I, I've met him a couple of times when I was younger, and uh, didn't have I guess a, you know a, you know a, what would you say like a grasp? Oh well. Didn't have a, you know, yeah, I didn't have a proper friendship with him. Just met him at football clinics. and um, But, I mean, even then, like, I didn't have a deep connection with him at all. But, I mean, I can kind of even just in, in little moments, you can kind of see how maybe – I can kind of sympathise with how Katie broke down because she thought she was the special one. Like, she thought – It was a father-daughter bond, wasn't it? it was like, yeah, he was so but even then, like, her. Yeah, and, but also she just thought she was the one and – and it was just her that had the special bond. And I kind of can sort of understand that because in the situation I had with Rob, when I was a kid, I was probably, uh, I might have been 11 and I was at a primary school and he came out for a footy clinic. And so for people that don't know, he played Australian rules football, AFL, played for Hawthorne, played for Brisbane. And I think he must have just finished because I could have sworn he would have had to have been with Brisbane at the time. But anyway, he came to our school for a clinic with a couple other AFL players, right? And he did a clinic and, you know, you all wear your footy jumpers. I had my Collingwood jumper on with number 22, who at the time was Tony Shaw, was a Collingwood captain. And he pulled me aside and he said, when I was a kid, I broke for Collingwood. I said, oh, and he goes, and I used to wear number 22 as well. I said, oh, yeah. And, I said, and he goes, do you know who number 22 was when I was younger, and I said, oh, oh, I don't really know, and because being a kid, I didn't know. He goes, oh, John Greening, and John Greening was, a, a, again, a very famous name at Collingwood. Said, oh, yeah, and then he told me a few things about John Greening, and it made me want to go look it up. And after that th- after that sort of little footy clink, they brought all the school together, and to win a whole set of footballs for our school, you had to pick one kid that had to mark this football that was going to kick, you know, get kicked really high, uh, you know, like you know, a big torpedo kind of thing, and he actually chose me out of all the school, and wow. I marked footy to win all the footies for my school. Which I, in hindsight, I probably could have stuffed it up, and they still would have given the footballs to the school. But the fact that he chose me, and so that's why I always, as soon as he got on the show, I'm like, oh my god, Rob Dixon, and so I was barracking him for him from day one, um, and was hoping he was going to win, and he did so. Um, that's yeah, one of my memories, and I was like, well, again, he made me feel special because there were so many other better kids at footy in the school, and the jocks are like, pick me, pick me, but he picked he picked me out of like, you know, a hundred plus kids. So, uh, yeah, great that's memory. That's my to have. yeah, great yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm really glad that you know we both kind of had that established that he was going to be number one. And again, I'm going to say this a thousand times over that different shows would have had this differently. And um, the thing that I'm glad I will say that I rewatched this season in the last few months enough to kind of remember it because, you know, it's, I think it's just say it to the cows come home, go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. If you've not seen it or you're not seen it in a long time, you just have such a negative perception of it. Like we're trying to help sell this for you people. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, I wasn't necessarily negative on this for a large portion of time too. 
but um, it's kind of almost like the prequels in Star Wars. To me, they're getting better with age, particularly with the the sequel trilogy. So to me, the the original Australian Survivor is getting better with age, particularly with how some of Channel Ten is doing the new version. So um, yeah, Rob Dixon, number one. So let's we'll quickly go over here uh, the top ten. Uh, just to clarify this for people. So at number 10 uh, from Season 3 of Australian Survivor, the runner-up, Lee Carlstein. Number 9, the winner of Season 2, Guy Leach. Number 8, Felicity Flick-Eggington uh, from Season 3. Michelle Dugan, Season 4, number 7th. Christy Bennett was put up at 6, but uh, was promptly vetoed. Shonya Brown was then replaced her. David Oldfield was put up at number 5, promptly vetoed. Christy Bennett was put in her spot. his spot. David Oldfield then came in number 4. Jerrica Malabonga came in at number 3, the winner of Season 4, followed by Katie Gold and Robert Rob Dixon. That is your top 10 and number 1. Congratulations to Rob. So what we're going to do here, folks, is we are going to put the full list up uh, on a separate post because obviously we want you to listen to these because no doubt if we just post the list, you don't listen to our reasonings behind it and we get ripped into a lot more than we do, which I know is not going to change because people are going to see two. We're going to put these into two parts, three hours each. People are going to be like, I'm not listening to six hours worth. Mind you, we never thought people would listen to 34 hours worth of podcasts with the US ones and apparently some people have no lives and listen to them like three times. So there you go. But um, no offense, if you listened, we love the fact that you listened to it twice, just bag out your listeners, Ben. Um, but I've enjoyed this, Cable. I'm thoroughly glad that we did this. And um, yeah, I think I'm pretty 98% satisfied with our list. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get unfriended on Facebook by several people. <laughs> or blocked on Twitter. Ah, you know, it's it's a badge of honor to be blocked on Twitter sometimes. Uh, so everybody, in terms of our Survivor fandom, obviously Ghost Island is our next uh, cab off the rank. Uh, you know, I know people are going to be asking, are we going to be doing things like Oz Caps, Oz Topsies, or whatever we called our season reviews? Uh, again, as we've often said to people who've asked them, we, we do want to do them. Um, but I think kind of I want to be in a place where we can do them properly. So I realise we haven't done any, if you're listening from the Survivor Oz days since Co Wrong, so we've kind of got to catch up on, uh, you know, Millennials, Gen X, uh, Game Changers, as well as uh, Heroes, Hustlers, Healers. It'd be nice to do them on the Australian Survivor ones too. So it's it's on the agenda one day, but we've obviously got other, you know, fish to fry in the meantime. So uh, we really don't have a whole lot of Survivor stuff coming in between now and Ghost Island, and things will probably change up for Ghost Island too. Uh, we're just going to be kind of moving things around when it comes to, I guess, my lifestyle and other people's lifestyle and lifestyle, life choices. Uh, that's a weird thing to say, but uh, things are changing in my personal life that are going to involve me maybe taking a bit of a back step and other people coming involved more too. But uh, you'll be updated on that along the way. But anyway, Cable, can I just say, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for joining us here. It's always a pleasure, and uh, I'm glad that you were willing to sit down for six and a bit hours with me to rank 76 players. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's uh, been fun reminiscing, I guess, a little bit, and, and also talking about current day Survivor and some of the players. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's been good. It's been good. I just... I, look, I, we've said it at the top of the show, we've said it in between, but I, I hope no one finds offence at where they're positioned if they listen to this or they do see a list. Please, you know, have some context to it. I know sometimes people see a list and uh, get offended without knowing you know, the rationale. And But also, I'm, I'm happy to listen. Just have a chat to me or explain your side of it or if you're not happy or, or if you agree with it. Give us a thumbs up, please, and uh, just let us know. Don't just get all upset about it. 
Yeah, and I, I would definitely strongly agree with that point. And by all means, we'd like to hear your thoughts on the, you know, the comments page, uh, whether you, this becomes a post on Reddit or whatever happens, you know. And at the end of the day, like, we keep it civil. We're here to debate, you know. We're, we're not, as I said, calling this gospel. This isn't the be-all and end-all. Uh, and we could do this in a year's time uh, with another season of Australian Survivor under the belt, and our opinions will change on some of these players. So, you know, and rewatches change opinions, uh, you know, things like that along the way. So, by all means, uh, let us know your thoughts. Give us your top 10, maybe. You can rank all 76 if you want to as well. Um, but we definitely are expecting a few people to comment along the way, particularly some of the people along the way too. Matt, hi, if you're listening. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like us on Facebook, <laughs> except for Matt's going to like us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or on Twitter, or on YouTube, and uh, Instagram as well. We appreciate all your support and all your listenership along the way. But, Cable, again, thank you to everyone listening. My name is Ben, this has been the Oz Network, and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.